Yeah, I haven't actually done it either. Hello, so. everyone. It's Hotline League episode 106. If you heard Mark talking just now, it's because he's just so enthusiastic to get in the show that he can't stop himself. Uh, he's pumped. Look at the enthusiasm on that face. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so excited to be here. I just flew in yesterday, or flew in this morning back from the Gaffies. That was great. Had a great time there. Hope you all caught it. If you didn't, catch it over on YouTube. It'll be up Tuesday morning. Uh, or you can also watch the Twitch VOD if you want to see the Twitch chat. We had a great time doing it. And I hope you all enjoyed it. Mark, did you enjoy it? Am I back? Yes. Oh, hello. Hi. Uh, yeah, the gaffies were fun. I liked watching with people. Uh, commercials were good. A lot of the little little gimmicks were funny. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it was good. Well, I've been happy to do that. Anyway, Mark, how you been? Good. Anything else happened? You moved. Wait, this, you did that last... Yeah, we were here last week, too. Okay, well, anything else interesting happened for you? My cat just walked back. That's hype. Anyway, I just want to shout out Alienware at the start of the show. We'll be talking about them more later. And halfway through the show, we're going to be joined by EG's Director of League Operations, Greg Kim, at the Kim Dynasty as his handle. He used to work at Riot as an insights lead on the esports team. And there's Mark's cat, so as always, it'll be great. We're good to go. Yeah. Until eventually the cat starts clawing Mark and then he gets rid of it. And it's been a quiet week. Uh, other than the gaffies, not much has happened. Especially if you look at Reddit, the only thing you're going to see are gameplay clips. But, oh, I guess set came out, maybe? Did that happen last uh, week? Set came out. Um, we've done a good job of holding off on split predictions. Yeah. So I think we'll, we will have a lot of like specific takes. So Yeah, I think so. In I the past, we've talked a little sort of broadly about the league this year and what we're hoping to do. Or to see, rather. And now I think it's ready to just dive in on predictions for the teams. Maybe the first week of games. I mean, that's obviously happening this weekend. So it's a big week here. And can't wait to get into all that. And then, so maybe we'll do two waves of calls. The first couple, uh, over the next 45 minutes or so, will just be about the split in general. And then happy to have Greg on in the second half. And people can call in specifically about EG and anything they want to talk about. So, uh, yeah, I think... To give a little direction to viewers, I would like to, as best we can, do around one call for each team. Um, and I know we've already talked about some of these teams a little bit more, teams like TL and stuff and TSM, but I don't know, you know, like, have we talked much about, like, a FlyQuest or Dig or where, you know, we think they're going to finish or even Immortals maybe? So Not at all, yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think some specific split predictions from fans for specific teams would be good. Well, let's you and I dive in while the questions start coming. Because if, by the way, if it's the first time watching the show, go ahead and put it in the subtopics or pleb topics channel. You can do exclamation mark Discord in the chat to get the link. Anyway, I'm also spamming it right now, right, as always. When you are spam, you know it's Discord.gg/travis, but you always just spam. I get it. I get the random invite link, dude. Anyway, uh, so before we get into the calls. I don't know if I want to completely rank the teams yet, because that would I think take you know thirty minutes maybe for each of us. But do you do you have any yeah. predictions around top three, bottom three? Um, fairly confident on TL in the top three. I'd probably put C9 in there. Uh, while the latest iteration has some bigger question marks than they've had in recent years, I do think they have uh, shown time and time again that they deserve the the credit. 
maybe not in the regular season will they 100% be gelling, but usually they're they're good to go. Um, the third one is a toss-up to me between like maybe EG, maybe TSM, uh, something like that. Maybe CLG, but I don't. I'm not, I'm not a huge CLG fan. It's interesting that you don't just rank TSM automatically in that top three because I feel like so many other people. Like I was at Asa Day this weekend, and other than when teams were predicting themselves to be in the top three, it seems like everybody's like, "All right, TL, C9, TSM," and even like last call last week, I feel like we had somebody predict that, and we kind of generally agreed with it, right? Well, right. I was saying on paper they have a lot of skill, but they could flop. Uh, the Dardock experiment, I think, is what we were referring it to. Yeah. So I, I, I think you know, like I said, it was like what what I say, EG, TSM, said one other team, but like those are the candidates for the third spot. I, if I had to pick one, I probably would pick TSM. Holy crap! Avli just rated us with a thousand viewers. Hello, everyone. If Avli wants said, to call, call in, Ovely. if Avli yeah, wants to call in, she can. She's welcome she to. She to join the Discord. Yeah. Happy to have her show up. It's warm in here. I got to take this this hoodie off. No, I just already. did that too. I had a hoodie on. It's warm. I don't know what's going on yeah, in LA. It's so warm in your room. Yeah. Where I am in as well. Yes. By the way, now we don't see the cat or you. So if you could pick one or the other, that would be great. All right. I mean, he, he kind of just, I'm not petting him. He's just like, fuck it. And he laid down. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I'm still waiting for topics to come in. I don't give a fuck about Dig Academy. So let's roster let's right also now, talk guys. bottom three. Who do you think will be bottom three? I mean, that's another thing that people can predict. Here we go. Someone said something. You just you. I mean, I thought maybe we'd share our takes before we get somebody. Um. No. I need to take my hoodie off, which means I got to take my headset off. So you you got to fill. Well, I'm super excited for the season to start. I'm really. I've been waiting for this for quite some time curious how the monday schedule is going to work out the first match of the week is cloud nine versus tl which was the finals for last year that's generally how those things go and i'm excited to see what it looks like then we also have uh clg dig that'll be fascinating hundred thieves golden guardians and immortals flight quest it's gonna be interesting to only be covering four games a week for lcs because academy is you know and then they're moving two of them to monday That'll be fascinating. And then on Monday night, I guess we got EG Hunter Thieves and Team Liquid TSM as our Monday night game. So I'm excited to see that. Welcome yeah, back, too. Mark. No, I was with you the whole time. Also, people, stop trying to talk about four teams at once. I don't, I don't care about your bottom four ranking. Pick pick one. Do you, like I said, I want to get do you have enough calls, do you think, to start teams. taking people? Yeah, we can definitely start. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and do that? I will... Read off some su uh, subs to the channel. Thank you to, and every time I open up Streamlabs now, it makes me reauthorize itself. What's going on? What's going on there, Streamlabs? Why don't you just remember who I am? Thank you, by the way, to Avali for rating with a thousand people. That's awesome. We almost have like more viewers than we did with the Gaffies last night, which is terrible for the Gaffies, but great for this show. Ozdu, thank you for the eight months. Super person, Orlando Jones. Mama's Cupcakes hit one year. Danuki Suit, Terminal, Ryan DB, LOL Globus, and Technoweeb. One one month short of two years. We're joined right now by L Superperson. L Superperson, where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm calling from Davis, California. What's up? Davis, California. Have you been on the show previously? No, never. Okay. Am I too quiet or too loud, by the way? No, you're perfect. You're Thank good. you. I think we had a person from Davis before. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. What did you want to talk about on the show tonight? 
Yeah, so uh, what I'm going to talk about is it is a, a big hot take, uh, but you know, the more I think about it, the more I, I lean into it, even though who knows. Uh, but yeah, I think the TSM roster is going to flop, at least, you know, relative to expectations. They're not going to get like, you know, seventh or eighth or whatever, but I think they, they might, you know, they're probably going to be more like fifth, fourth through uh, sixth rather than like first through third, which many other people are predicting. I don't think fourth is that is a flop compared to expectations, because if it's like one out of, if people are sort of saying they're not the strongest of the top three Landing fourth won't be, but if they're middle, they're truly middle of the pack with fifth or sixth, then I think that would be a flop. I think I think fourth through sixth is a flop. I think, you know, unless it's like a super, super close kind of thing towards the end of the season where like you took the champions to fifth game or something in semis and then, well, I don't know. But I, I think that they should have top three aspirations for sure. I mean, I'm sure they do. I just... Being one out of the zone, right. I feel like I should isn't... say expectations instead of aspirations. Then they should expect to get top three, and I think fans should expect that out of this team too. You I mean, even... I guess you could argue. Sorry, LC. fourth is like, yeah, maybe like fourth isn't flop flop, but you know, it's you know, just outside of the like, you want at least third if you're TSM and Spring, you probably want at least third, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But you, I mean, Mark, I you weren't even able to predict it then your top three for sure. I was debating it because I haven't made my list yet. I think. The the weird thing about them is, on paper, they definitely have, I think, a top three roster, right? Broken Blade, depending on his peak, maybe is one of the most volatile, but actually Bjergsen, Kobe, uh, Biofrost are all relatively stable and good players. Um, their, their, their actual like performance doesn't fluctuate too much. And then Dardock is someone who is usually really good. Um, and the problems that arise from him are almost not really in-game. It's usually like out-of-game problems manifesting in-game, if anything, right? So on paper, who's better than them? Team Liquid, and then I don't know, does anyone jump out? Maybe EG, but you know, that's a big question mark with Kumo. With Kumo and Jazuke, I feel like a lot of people are unsure about Jazuke. Yeah, Bang hadn't been great. Um in his last split, he did do a little bit better when they made the changes, but you know, that's a roster that I think has more question marks in my mind. I think C9 is, is probably the other one that people are betting on to do well. Uh, and so like, I think TSM should expect to be top three. There's, there's not that many teams that are talent wise better than them. Yeah, like for EG, like except for jungle, like there's an argument that every, everyone in those roles is potentially a question mark. Right, but with TSM, of course, that that rosters, I mean, I guess top lane is like in terms of like likelihood to perform well. That's like the biggest question mark, and then Dardock is Dardock. But yeah, I mean, on paper, it's 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 super it's super strong. It's a super strong roster. It's just like my like my my reason for it is um like like in my opinion to argue this, it can't just be like oh yeah Dardock. Like this could just be fucking boom. Like you can't just say that on its own. Like there needs to be like a reason for it and. I mean, even, you know, it's probably not that big, but, um, like, one thing I noticed with the TSM roster is, like, their coach, Peter Zhang, like, that guy has, like, a reputation for kind of, I don't know, basically being, like, loco dope. Like, he, he talks too much is what um, some people say. Like, he needs to, you know, sometimes learn to shut up and, like... Um, He's a personable guy, but uh, sometimes there's, like, mixed, um, like, reception 
to his to his coaching. He seems like really intelligent at the game. Like if I if I wanted like an analyst, analyst or like a strategic coach, um, you know, he would be like a guy that I'd want. But to be a head coach, you know, like I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sold on that. And that that kind of head coach coaching Dardock, I and mean, we literally saw how he was coached by Loco Doka. I'm not saying you know it's gonna be literally fucking breaking point, but you know, I'm I'm just going back off of some of the memories, and um, you know, if if we're hoping for Dardock to do well, then you know, the hopes aren't 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 that that good with with Peter Zhang, and, and of course, I think. Um, uh, I mean, it's just a comment on the coach point. I think if you want to have a question mark about Peter, that's fine. The Loco Doco comparison is is pretty crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, I think. So what what's funny to me was that that field like felt like a great way for the caller just insult Loco. It's like he's like I not only am I going after Peter, well we're just gonna slam in Loco Doco here and give this list of faults. What what did you mean by the Loco Doco comparison is pretty crazy, Mark? I just I think they're they're very different people. Uh like and Peter's changed a lot since I worked with him, right? So like some of what I'm basing Peter's coaching experience off of is my time with him, but also what I've seen since TSM Academy. During my time with him, he was he, like you're saying, he was smart about the, he was smart about the game. He had a, a way that he wanted to play, and he was good about getting player buy-in about it. I would say for the most part, he made a really big mistake with some of the Korean players, and like kind of lost some respect with them uh, during my time with him. But I think you know that was his first time. I think working with Korean players, and like uh, you know, I think he's grown a lot since then. So I think he'll be fine. Um, and they've, they've had a lot of experience with him, so I don't think they would promote him up into this position because he's been with their academy team for two years. If they didn't know, a lot of people, a lot of players I know respect Peter a lot and like working with him and say he does a really good job teaching him the concepts that they need to do what he wants them to do. Um, so I think, you know, most players are pretty on board with him. I don't know who's been saying what. I know he has had some haters in the past, but like the loco doco stuff was more like just really immature problems that people were having with him. Uh, and like, like you said, he talked to you long had really, really long post game sessions, but I don't think that was really a, a problem with Peter, at least not while I worked with him. I mean, sometimes we did, but everyone did. So I think, you know, you can have your question marks given question marks, given Peter's up and down coaching career. Um, but I, I, I think the loco doco comparison is bad. That's all. Oh yeah, okay, fair. I mean, I, I, I even like as like even thinking of that, like it was just like kind of a vague like I don't know. I can see like the the connections, but you you moved me actually on the Peter Zhang thing. Like if you're you know with your experience in um, the league and and you know your position as well, coaching like you, that, that those are some pretty fair points. Uh, and um, but I mean, I guess he's still a question mark for me. But then I guess yeah. just not as much. Maybe maybe I move. Uh, Maybe I move a TSM up one spot. Maybe maybe I'm saying third to fifth now. Thanks. I to mean, what the, you said, the you Peter know? thing was interesting to me because I remember he got coach of the split, and and then immediately after and he got coach of the split, everyone yeah he lost his job I think, and then a bunch of people came out and they were like, oh that's hilarious he got coach of the split he definitely didn't deserve that there was this kind of weird backlash. Okay, he got coach of the fucking oh yeah I, I didn't even like remember that he did get coach of the split. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I was saying. Yeah, the 2015 split is when he got a lot of shit because he won coach of the split and then uh, wasn't on Team Liquid the next year and everyone kind of flamed him for that. But then he kind of reproved himself through the TSM Academy situation. So that's why I think I understand why people might be have a bad taste of, of Peter 
because of of what happened. But I think it's you know that was five years ago at this point. So I think I think he's grown enough that it, the the things that happened then shouldn't be a problem. I mean, there were also rumors about it's it's unclear too if Heater was expect it was going to be their first decision because there were rumors that they were going after different coaches and they were pretty late in announcing mm-hmm. Peter as their coach. So it kind of paints the image that maybe they didn't get the coaches that they want and Peter ended up being that person. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. Um but I I mean like I, who who knows? I think I think this team has problems. I don't think it's from Peter, but who knows? Because we've said the same thing before with Song. When it was like, oh, well, Song was so good with the Mortals. What a great pickup. And then, uh, you know, if you if you hear some of the people talk about how unstructured that roster was and how many problems they had on an organiz- organizational level. Well. All right, okay, that, that's uh, fair. I guess, uh, like, most of what I've talked about is, you know, with just Dardock and a little bit of Broken Blade, um... And, uh, of course, Peter Zhang. I mean, personally, I think that, you know, the, the bot lane, it should be fine. I mean, no one's expecting, you know, Biofrost, Kabe to, like, smash. But, like, they'll do well and probably in, in Kabe fashion do well in, like, the mid to late especially. And then yeah, you know, not many people are. I don't think anyone's expecting Bjergsen to, you know, do particularly, you know, they're expecting a bounce back. So, yeah, me, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to that as anything close to a question mark. Yeah, I think for me, if you look at summer 20 or excuse me, spring 2019 when the team was doing well in their win streak, that was a team that should be similar to what this team does with a less aggressive bot lane when they had Sven and hopefully Kabe is um not needing a lot of resources in the early game so Dardoch can go snowball broken blade and Bjergsen can can help that out or maybe they work around mid jungle. Uh either way, more more top half of the map play that then becomes a solid in the mid to late game. In paper that should be a good game plan that works for this roster and one that we already saw kind of work in spring last year with hopefully Dardock being an upgrade over Acadian. Um, I think the volatility of if something goes wrong, it goes really wrong. So in that sense, it's almost weird to put them fourth or fifth. Um, you know, it's almost more of a boomer bust team than that, I would think, but, but I think it's too talented to really bust to totally into like seventh or something, you know, so... So like their range is like first through second or fifth to six, you know. There's not there's right, not a yeah. third to fourth. Yeah, that that's fair actually. That's completely fair. Yeah. Well, I actually yeah, I definitely feel like TSM will be one of the most interesting teams to look at this year because obviously there as always there's so much pressure and after two years of not making it, it'll be fascinating. Now they got Biofrost back, who was on that that like, like the super team, not super team, the incredibly strong team for multiple years. And Dardock is always one of the most captivating individuals in the league, so I'm pretty excited about it for sure. Either way, L Super Person, anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Um, uh, no, that's that's it. I just wanted to get that hot take out Thank there. You. Yeah, peace. Have a good one. You want to grab our next person, Mark? <clears throat> it's very interesting. I know that we've had weird sync issues with Mark's cam and audio delay and every time the show starts it's a different level of delay so i don't know what it causes that but patty welcome to the show uh where are you calling from uh brisbane australia, australia. welcome to the show what do what do you want Thanks, to talk man. about on the show uh i think dignitas will 
finish the split coming 10th um, in spring for sure. And I think TL will definitely win summer, but just not sure about spring because of the visa okay. stuff. So Dig, you said in spring Dig comes in 10th? Yeah. Well, obviously we can't tell between spring and sure. summer because there could be changes and whatnot that okay. could uh, fix it. But I think spring 10th. So, and what is their, their starting lineup? It's Aphromoo, Froggen, Hooney. Greg and Johnson. Right, Johnson. All right. It's interesting when you look at the the Riot pages for the players, they just loop all the Academy and LCS players in. I don't know if maybe that means Dig's planning on doing a 10-man roster, and that's why they're just all sitting there, but yeah. Yeah, I think um maybe until week one starts and they can confirm, but because the, the names are all over the spot yeah. for me as well, every time you try and look it up. Well, anyway, it's a, I feel like it's a bold take. They've got a lot of good players on there, right? Like, I know people meme Hooney, for instance, but that, he's he's had great performances, and I know that Mark hates Froggen, but, you know, a lot of people like him, like Thorne. So... <laughs> Johnson seems highly regarded. I don't know. I look at this roster and it's hard to feel like it's 10th place. People are usually giving that to some other rosters. What makes you think this is a 10th place team? Um, it's just I'm looking... I'm comparing them because just like my predicted bottom four, I had like Dignitas, FireQuest, Immortals, Golden Guardians most likely. I'm still not sure about the middle stuff. But I think lane for lane, like you don't know which Hoon is going to rock up. I think Afro was... Part of the problem on 100 Thieves, he was kind of running it down in three quarters of their games. Um, Froggen, I think it's outclassed by most other mids in NA. Grig, we're not sure what the problem was on TSM, whether he was the problem or whether TSM's higher up. I think there's too many question marks for things that have the potential to go wrong over some of the other teams we're looking at. I have a question. Like, let's compare them to like FlyQuest, for example. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Did no, I know? have a question for Mark. Mark, do you think? that their new roster is stronger or weaker than their than last year's roster. I'm going to lean towards weaker, um, but not necessarily on paper. I think last year they did a really good job over the course of summer and into playoffs and gauntlet of finding something that they did really, really well, which was skirmish around Rift Herald, and they were really on top of their timing for it, and they could exploit people who were not as prepared. Um, they had unique picks that they were really good on, so they forced you to do certain things in pick band to react to them. Uh, and they had a play style that worked well for them, even though I wouldn't say Lyra was great, or Demonte was great, or, you know, s some of those things. Um, I think Vulcan was really good. I think Cooney, for the most part, was really good when things went well for him, but when things went bad, they went really well, bad. So, um, and DeMonte was a really good team player and stuff. So, like, when I look at this roster, I'm like, Froggen individually better than DeMonte. Johnson, Cody, I think that's a downgrade. Afro for Vulcan, maybe a little bit of a side grade. Grig for Lyra. Uh, probably similar to Hooney. I think Grig's... I'm uh, excuse me, Lyra was a little bit of a boomer bust I'm surprised player. to hear you say Afro was a side grade. I feel like Afro took a ton of heat last year. As for his performance, and I feel like people were uh, just applauding Vulcan nonstop. Like I felt like his move to CNN yeah. Was I, oh, I mean, I think Vulcan. It depends what you what you want out of yeah. the player. And actually, you know what? Now that you, you say it, I think Afro probably is a downgrade because this is not a roster that needs another kind of like presence, so to speak, <laughs> between Frog and Hooney. I don't think they need a you know another person. Yeah. 
to to bring any opinions. <laughs> so so maybe, maybe I think you're right. This is probably probably a downgrade. And that's what's uh, so fascinating to that. me about this roster is I don't know how you go to Worlds. You ha- they I think it's not like these players left because their contracts were up. From my understanding, maybe Cody's was. I think Cody's was. So maybe that's what happened there. But I don't know. It just feels like it feels like they made conscious decisions that led to a on paper weaker team. And that's just that's what's been fascinating to me about the dig roster. And I don't think we've talked about it on the show before, but I'm just kind of like, why did this happen? Papa said in chat, Cody's was not up. So I assume that means that he had yeah, to yeah, he was a, work with Dignitas to okay. care of them. Um, yeah, that's even crazier, yeah, right? Like, Yeah, well, that's that was what the whole joke was for a little bit, was that like Hooney's contract was so ridiculous that they had to sell Vulcans oh, to yeah. make money for this to work, you know? Um, I don't know why they did it. I would assume that, you know, Hooney was the star and he wanted things different. That's the only thing I, I can guess. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's that, the general assumption everybody makes. I, I asked him in the interview that I think went up yesterday if he was involved in some of the decisions. And he kind of was like, it seemed kind of 50-50 where like, they were talking to him, but it didn't seem like he was. He wasn't like, these are the four players I wanted to play with going into this split, right? It's not like he was like... Wow, that's because there's no way it would yeah, be. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, I... I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see. Yeah. I, it would have been really yeah. fascinating to know what went on behind the scenes at Dig during this this offseason because it doesn't feel like things went optimally for them. And let, maybe they think. Yeah, it I think. I mean, so. Sorry, you go. go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say I am of the opinion that like we were talking about a lot about on paper, but I think playstyle is the most important thing to talk about when comparing old Dig to new one. Where like Lear was super down to ju- he had the highest jungle proximity in the league, so he just like followed you know wherever his laners wanted him to be. Um, and I think Grig can kind of do that, but I don't think he's as willing to just like int under turrets the way I think Lyra and Huni would just sometimes you know go for broke. Uh, and I think Grig's confidence and uh, his ability to pull the trigger and like start the fight or whatever is sometimes not great. And that was one of the things that led to Acadian re-earning the starting spot over him was Acadian having a good game at Rift Rivals um, and Grig kind of floundering. So, you know, I don't think they'll be able to recapture like the super strong top camp that Lyra set up. I don't think Froggen wants to move around the map like Demonte did, who was often uh, not getting lane pressure before, like doing the things that he wanted to do. And maybe Johnson can be Cody, but he doesn't have another like set. Like Cody's so good about I don't know if it's him or who, like what it is, but he's really good about getting fed in the laning phase without him making crazy plays. Uh, so like when he played with Afro and Medios, they fed him a lot. And then it happened again with Vulcan being a really good player to make plays and set him up for kills. And so um, maybe Afro can do that again and help find kills. But, you know, I, I don't see the spot lane working the same way as Cody Vulcan. Okay, but this um, is a 10th place team to our caller's point. Uh, I... I don't think so. Because I mean, and I guess that implies we have to stick somebody else there, right? So who would you pick? Golden Guardians? I think, I, I mean, like Golden Guardians for me feels like a pretty easy pick. Yeah. What about Immortals? Um, I'm pretty sus on them. 
it's like weird. I'm, I'm most confident in like their fill positions, you know, like jungle and support, like their <laughs> their their support positions and stuff. Um, I just don't think I was talking about this with Jat on a podcast that hasn't come out yet. I don't know what like who is their like their their playmaker. Who's who's the one? You know, we were we were kind of using basketball terms and things like that, or other sports terms like who's the one, who's the two, you know, who's the carry, who's the off carry, right. you know, these kinds of things. Like Alltech's always been a cleanup at his best unless he's suddenly going to become a monster so as always jokes about dog champs and he's a pretty much even laner who mostly plays bruisers and tanks in team situations and then Ika um was the best arguably depending on how you want to what angle you want to take in in the uh lfl the french league uh but he's been around forever no one's sprung on him in europe before so i have a hard time believing that he's about to take over na's mid lane position so i'm like who is the guy yeah. no i kind of it does feel to me that it's such a toss-up between Dig, Immortals, and Golden Guardians for last place, which is not a great situation to be in. I I feel like there's more... I see more potential upside in GG than I do in IMT, and I'm trying to decide if I see more potential upside in GG than I do in Dig. It's like, Hauntzer... Pretty good. Like the the key thing just skews that fucking roster so hard into the dirt. Like that's the problem. I mean, it it also required a pretty optimistic take to begin with. Like FBI, we saw some good plays, some bad plays. You're like, all right, he's going to be all upside. Golden Glue is someone who hasn't worked down the LCS, had some good showings at times during his sub days on C9. You assume those are they're going to be the Golden Glue that you get. Then you have to assume closer is actually good. Um, yeah. And then you also have to assume Keith works out support. There's so many assumptions to make this team like even a middle of the pack team, you know? Yeah. It just feels like that's not going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'd go IMT, Golden Guardians, Dig from the bottom up. Really? You think IMT is going to be worse? I just like the IMT thing is so weird to me. Like, But they at least have... Close they to best. They have X Smithy. Don't yeah, they, they have X Smithy, like, but kind of last place. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They at least have two close to best in slot players. You know, Smithy's a top three jungler in North America for the most part. Hakuho is a top three, top four support. So for the I most worry part. about. I worry about Jake. Like Golden Guardians' best player is Hanser, I worry right? about Jake in an environment he's, where he's not, where they're not going to be top, like a top team, uh, because I actually feel like Jake is the type of player. Like Smithy is the type of player that plays to the level of the people that are around him. And and I, I mean that also just because of kind of his personality. Like, it's the, he's the type of person where I feel like if they, if the team starts sucking, I could see him just checking out. And Yeah, but I also don't think that this is a team that's going to have, like, any personality problems, I think, because Jake seems no. really easygoing. Yeah. Hako seems really so easygoing. So the only one that's kind of spicy. I guess we don't know much about Ika. I don't know enough about yeah. Ika. Yeah. So, but like, I just, I just don't see immortals. I agree. Their top end is really, really, really low, but I, I don't think they're a huge variant, like variance team. So the, the, actually the very fascinating thing to me about dig and the thing that might help them stay out of last, we're talking about every team now. No, 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 I know, dig. but I'm just, I'm trying to bring it back. Well, we had to talk about okay. what are the other teams that could be, take that 10th place spot, right? It makes sense that we're looking at golden guardians and immortals, but with Dig, the thing that fascinates me is that they have just a ton of like veterans and imports on their academy team. 
And I actually feel like part of that, they've like kind of pulled backups for some of these other players. So I could kind of see a world where like, if they're not doing well by week four, you start to see maybe a Cadian seven for Grig because this is like the TSM life that, that was lived last year, yeah. right? Or you see Ole come in, uh, you know, like there's a couple different things that could happen. So instead of after move, like for some reason it's not working. So I, I think that actually gives Dig more upside because they have more potential backups and potentially have planned it that way, right? Yeah, but that's more of like a summer thing than a spring. I feel like you you rarely see like a lot of roster shifting. Well, other than the fact really that now out. spring doesn't give you points, so there's the chance for you to do more experimentation in spring so that you're better set up for summer. Right, well, that's what I'm saying, though, is like if things aren't working out in spring, you start swapping players around, you know, like... I mean, I guess if you're saying they won't be 10th, yeah, right? Yeah. I guess that's what I'm you're saying. saying. I'm saying yeah. if things are looking bad, if it's like... Brogan fucking hates everyone or something. Then it's like, okay, pull quick, pull in Demonte, uh, or whatever. Although I guess the rumor was that Huni and Demonte, like Huni didn't want to play with Demonte or something. I don't know. So I, I don't know. But I'm. Yeah, I think I, I see what you're saying. I think I don't think Dignitas tenth. I'm, I'm on board yeah, with that. I'm willing to say not Dignitas tenth as well. So I guess we disagree with you, Patty. I'm sorry. Do you have any defense for why I'm they're totally they're, okay. they're going to be worse than we think? Yeah, I mean, um, it's just like, I it just has such a high probability to explode. So I guess we'll just see how it plays out. Like, Uni could end up popping off, and Froggen could end up popping off, and then become a playoff team. But I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, there's several rosters. I think maybe it's always this way, and I'm just it's easier to look back and be like, well, of course that roster wasn't going to work. But there's several rosters this year where I just have no idea how to place them i mean i'm pretty confident in saying that i don't think dig is going to be top three like they were last year but i am not confident in saying that they're going to be bad it's the same way with like the eg roster and there's at least one other roster oh maybe the hundred thieves roster where i'm just like uh this is really hard to place i'm actually really excited for your your rankings mark because i feel like it's going to be incredibly difficult to say like Oh yes, the EG roster or the Hundred Thieves roster. Like, which one of these is the place to put this? Yeah, and I always, I think I for net for the last couple of years, I've started by looking back at the previous year's power rankings. And I remember I was one of the only people to put Clutch at tenth or whatever I did, and they ended up getting ninth or tenth in spring. In yeah. Spring before being really good. Yeah, so I feel like I feel like I'm the best person ever at predicting power rankings. That's where I was going I mean, with that. Clutch, what you, you were correctly ranked Clutch, but what you didn't rank was Dig, because that's when things changed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, thanks so much for calling our friend Patty. You can, you know, brag to your friends if you get tenth if they get tenth place at the end of spring. But uh yeah, anything you want back. to say at the end here? Yeah, call call back in a few months and look like a genius yes. or an idiot. Anything you want to say here at the end of the call? Uh shout out to my Ice boys in the league. Uh, shout out Pop Smithy. Shout out Alienware. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. By on. the way, hey, one question for you: Are you do you do you want yes. to watch LCS more because there's Oceanic players in it? Is that like a thing that gets you excited? Uh, I want to see how they go. Like I, because normally the games start at like six o'clock in the morning yeah. here, so it's turns out pretty well. So I can just chuck it on and do other stuff at the same time. But yeah, I'm excited to see how they go. I'm excited for the hundred days roster. Yeah. Um, 
But and then obviously the academy games will be harder to watch. But I'll definitely watch a couple. I I rate King. I rate Triple. I think they'll be really good. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Yeah. See you guys. I want this cold to go away. One more. One one one, yeah, one, one more. more. Uno mas. Dos mas. <clears throat> thank you to Terminal Ryan DB LOL Globus Techno Weeb Reticus One. I always, I always fuck this up. Deletex. Sadistic Nero, Caruse 44, Matt Gunnan, Ovly for the thousand person raid, that's awesome. Slappa DeBase, John G365, Lunapoem, I just did a man. Uh, Stickman Alv, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the River, river Valley in Arkansas. Nice. What is the river? You said River Valley? What yes. Is that, what's that place like? What does that describe it to me? Uh, there are almost mountains around and a lake. Dick. Why isn't it called Lake Valley? Or not a lake, river. Words are hard. Oh, okay. I thought I was lied yeah. to for a moment. Learn a lot about <laughs> Alabama people right now. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, FlyQuest is going to be the 10th team. Oh, okay. Now, now we've got a different take on 10th place spots. Our callers are already so positive, you know? It's not like this team's <laughs> going to be first. This team's going to be first. It's just like we we got a couple other positive ones. The race okay? to the okay. the race to the bottom here on the show. Uh, all right. Okay. So Stickman, take me through this. Why is FlyQuest going to be tenth? Because I feel like they're relying on Wild Turtle to like hard win lane with Ignar and then carry that throughout the rest of the game. And I just. Wild Turtle was one of the worst AD carries in the summer, and I don't feel like he's going to be as good as they need him to be. I mean, why do you think they have to rely on Wild Turtle? I feel like, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but people are pretty up on Viper, and POE is is always kind of considered like solid, but not great. Uh, this is another team that's kind of like Immortals to me. Where I, I, I definitely am not excited. Um. But I don't think they'll be turbo bad. Uh, I don't know what happened in spring or in summer um, where like everything fell apart. Uh, well, actually, as I'm thinking about it, hmm, because you're getting the same. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, Pobelter had a really rough early part to the split. He he was. I mean, I think he even tweeted about it. he played pretty bad and like. He died a lot in a lot like laning phase and things like that. That made it harder. But he at least was pretty active. All all things considered, especially as the season went on, you know, about trying to make plays and stuff. Um, Santorum was invisible to a lot of people. His jungle proximity wasn't as bad as it ended up feeling. But you yeah, know, that's right. Santorum had like a really good spring where people were all really hype on him and then just sort of flopped in the center, right? And I think, yeah, he was he was the only one in spring to make an all pro team that wasn't from right. the top three and then, teams. And then things went weird. I feel like a lot of people blame the meta shift, right? Was that was what the storyline was supposed to be there? Um, some of that because there were there, like, he played a lot of Nocturne yeah. in spring and like the farm to six and was, was kind of hurt and there's a lot early ganking. And that's what the meta seems like it is right now. So Santorin could have a tough time. Viper is, is seemingly hit or miss. Like he's definitely good. You can tell he's good, but he's, he's not like great yet maybe he'll get there well, to um, the caller's point do you feel like then, they have to rely on turtle and ignar to carry this team i think a little bit not necessarily in terms of like mid to late game because we've seen viper win games on his ribbon and we've seen poe win games in the late game 
But the thing that I'm scared about is their early game because PoE is notoriously passive in the laning phase. Um, low 4%, a lot of scaling champions. Uh, and like, you just don't have much playmaking in the early game if Santorin can't get it together a little bit more um, and kind of do it himself. And like Wildtail and Ignar can be playmakers, but they like I'm not super confident on them. <laughs> so like as I've I've talked more about it, FlyQuest actually went down in my mind from what I was thinking about on paper. Once I started thinking more about playstyle, I was like, ooh. Okay, but is, is there a world they can be the tenth place team? Because we didn't even include them in the considerations for like when we were just talking about the three teams that maybe were in contention, we didn't even mention FlyQuest. Yeah, I think they could be, honestly. Okay, them versus GG. Because you placed they, GG in the 10th place right now. They were they were ninth. They were 5-13. and 13, And they beat Echo Fox in the last day of the split. Right? And you're saying PoE and Ignar upgrades from that. Because, like, here's the thing. I think there is a reality where their bottom end is basically the 10th place team. They still didn't get 10th in spring though or summer excuse me and that was with everything kind of going wrong for them so maybe maybe their bottom end isn't 10 right yeah i don't think think their bottom end's quite low enough to go all the way down to 10th i think part of the reason why they weren't 10th in spring was because of how bad echo fox went yeah i mean that's true too is there always going to be a team as bad as echo fox probably not but it does. But I mean, looking at the same this, time, that's, part of the problem is I look at this roster and I don't think any of these players are like, like. <clears throat> here's the problem. I like Keith a lot as a person. It's like insane that Keith is like going to be a support and that this was their like last minute plan. And you see that video, and it just it it fills you kind of with dread looking at the GG roster. Looking at the G, at the FlyQuest roster, there's no role where I'm like, oh no. You know, like, these are all Laugh. pretty much mid-level players, right? I wouldn't rank any of these players as the last place in their slot, even if they're kind of like a toss-up. So that's why it's actually kind of difficult yeah, for but me you, thinking you, through it to put these in a, as a 10th place team. And it doesn't look like... Yeah, but you would have said oh, that... Sorry, go ahead. You, you would have said that about the summer roster last year with Poe Belter, and it was JJ, but they were also bringing in Wadid, you know? It was the same roster with JJ and, and Poe Belter, and you would say... And they got fourth, and you're like, okay, well that's... There's no way. There's no one okay, on this so roster that's bad. So let's theorize that if we all, if we agree that those players all were kind of okay, and they shouldn't have done badly, then my guess would be, my theory would be, there was something going on behind the scenes that led the team to not do well, either like a coaching situation or a player situation, which they would have tried to rectify during the break. And so, I think that's the other thing. Is like I feel like. Whatever the mystery problem was during the the break, it's unlikely that, or before the break, it's unlikely that they would it would have continued on. So again, I'm like pretty confident that this is going to be a tenth place team. Well, they got rid of their coaches. Yeah. That was another thing that happened. Um, but you know, I I liked uh, Gabe Invert. So I don't know. I think I guess what I've I've decided is that there is a way that this is the tenth place team. Because like to the caller's point, with all like the Mike Young and the rush stuff. Everything that happened with Echo Fox to be the other team competing for 10th place, you know, it still took to the last game of the season for FlyQuest to finish above them. So if it's possible that this team just has no synergy and play style that works well together and they end up 10th again. But I don't, I don't think that would happen. I would, I would bet it's not likely, but I've convinced myself that their bottom end is low enough, I guess. I think I would still bet 
you know, if, if I was a betting man, I would bet on Golden Guardians 10th. All right. What do you think of all this, Stickman, before we say goodbye to you? Uh, I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Like, Golden Guardians is doing a lot of experimentation. But I think the reason why I'm not putting them in 10th is because I completely expect for them to change things, like, halfway through the spring and just be like, okay, this isn't working. I mean, you, you could say that about any team, right? Wouldn't FlyQuest do the same? Uh, they seem pretty married to the idea of Wild Turtle being their AD carry. You're just super down on Wild Turtle. I I am. That's, that's I what I'm realizing. That. I am super down <laughs> yeah. on Wild Turtle. Like, Viper is okay, but I wouldn't put him in the top half of top laners. He's probably, like, sixth. And then, like, if we see Spring Santorin, he can be a top three jungler. If we see Summer Santorin, he's a bottom jungler. And then, like, Pyro of Evil, like, yes, he can carry, but he usually still has to have teammates that are able to follow through with what he tries to pull off. And, like, I've seen Ignar do good in a few games, but I know last year he didn't have the greatest year. Well. So this looks to me just like a lot of people that didn't have the greatest years and Viper. Sick man. We're going to have to <laughs> see how it goes. But if at the end of the split it's not doing well, then you'll look like a genius. Anything you want to say as we move on to the next caller? Uh... Shout out to Alienware and Mark's Cat and the uh, super secret uh, sponsor of Tidy Cats. Don't give them any love, all right? They've given us zero dollars. Thanks so much for the call. Bye. All right, let's take a quick break before we bring in Greg on the next half of the show. Talk about, well, sorry, we're going to bring him on to talk about EG, but... Uh, right now, I want to talk about Alienware. Alienware is awesome. I don't know if I've told you guys about this before. Have you guys ever heard of me? Have I have I said this on the show before about Alienware? Incredible, absolutely incredible. This is their M15, and I'm going to be working with them uh, to do some stuff with their Alienware Arena. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to be giving away, and it should be happening soon, a Nvidia G-Sync monitor on my Twitter. Go check that out. Uh, we did one last uh, last year, last December, I guess, during All-Stars. So that's pretty swell. And they're going to be doing all sorts of cool stuff throughout this year. They're continuing their sponsorship of the LCS, which is fantastic. Love LCS sponsors. And they just support a whole ton of stuff in the league ecosystem. You know, I, I run out of, because there's so many great things to say about it. I say them all the time. It's like I start, I feel like I'm just like, you know, it's this giant long list. And eventually I'm like, wait, I got I to gotta move up to the top of it again. But... It's just they just do so much cool shit, and they actually do make it possible for us to do all these things. I know everyone's super distracted by the cat. You know what? They've never. Here's one thing I'll tell you: they never have said, "Hey, that cat's distracting from the commercials too much during the show. Get the cat out of here." And they could, and I would. I would turn off Mark's camera, and they've never done that. So that alone should give you a ton of appreciation. Smart business. What? What'd you say? It's because they're smart yeah. business people and they know cats moves units. <laughs> do cats move units? Right now, looking at this cat, do you guys all want to go buy an Alienware computer? Press one in the chat if you want to buy an Alienware computer because of this cat. Oh, the cat's the cat's leaving. No, we need to sell the pro... Mark, no one's going to buy anything if the cat's not in the shot. There's the tail. 
This is my, this must be fascinating for the podcast listeners. Alienware.com slash Travis. Please check them out. Go over there. Look at their stuff. They got some great stuff. Love Alienware. I've got my whole room is just they've given us so much cool shit. Anyway, thanks so much to Alienware for the support. We're gonna get Greg on now. He just added me on Skype, I believe. Let's figure this out. Mark's favorite <laughs> excuse me, Mark's favorite program. Uh wait for my audio just again. Where is let me message him and make sure that he's Oh, he's down on the league channel. Okay. Move to on air. Greg, you can unmute your microphone on Discord. <laughs> what? Hello? Is yeah, yeah right? sorry. You sounded really Does staticky for a second. Okay. Is yeah, it good yeah now? you're good. Welcome to yeah. the show. I'm going to call you on um, Skype. Please do me a favor and just immediately mute your Skype microphone. Okay. Sure thing. Where are we at? One second, everyone listening. Okay, you should be getting the call. There we go. Okay, I'm going to throw your cam onto the screen. Almost there. Sorry, getting white noise again. Did you yeah, um, I think I can fix it, though. Wow, that's pretty bright. Greg, you're, for some reason your your audio quality is not that great. I don't know if it's the internet or something on your end, but not that good. I think it, it, it fluctuates. fluctuates sure. Like it's it's sometimes really good, and then sometimes it's like a little staticky. Let's see. One sec. Is that any better? Um. Yes, that should be good. But who knows if it'll stay that way? Okay. If it if it acts up, I'll switch to a different microphone. Okay. It, should be okay. I yeah, think. I think I might have just been. It sounded more like the kind of garbly, distorted stuff that happens whenever it's more the internet connection rather than the uh, microphone or the headset. So I think we're okay. But yeah. yeah. Also, do you have like a very Cameras. bright white white light in front of your face? I like the monitor, but like it shouldn't be. Can that you switch bad? to like a darker, <laughs> a darker screen or something because like, you're very. Like, are you not on? You're dark very ghostly. Mode? I don't know why it's so bright. Give me one sec. All right, is that getting better? Yeah, I think that's okay. Just yeah, don't have your face so close to the monitor. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll back up. I'll back oh, up. Oh, you're going robot-y, I can. I don't know what that is. Well, hopefully it, it works out okay over the course of the show. Um, well, maybe we should get into this. Okay, so first off, Greg, welcome to the show officially. It's great to have you on. Do you want to tell everyone what you do at EG? Yeah, so oh my I'm God. LCS director at Evil Geniuses. Is it robot? Just keep talking. Let's just try. It okay. seems to get better okay. if you keep talking. Okay, I'm L. All right, if it if it doesn't, then I'll okay. switch the mic. But I'm a LCS director at Evil Geniuses, which I guess means I'm in charge of our uh, local LA League of Legends operation for EG, uh, since our headquarters are up in Seattle. So I'm essentially overseeing all game staff. Um, like the everything LCS related, um, and just sort of weighing in from the LCS side of the organization. Um, 
pretty much overseeing everything in LA. I guess it's a short way of answering that You're question. You're still very much roboting, and I'm I'm hoping that all the people frantically moving on around behind okay. you are working uh, to try to solve the issue. That's my hope. That's what I'm guessing. I can see right, someone gonna, is watching it in the background. Yes. I'm going to switch the microphone and see okay. what happens. I'm excited to find. I don't know if you guys have like a desktop mic, but maybe that would help. Is that any better? Uh, now I just hear a ton of the background. Like I hear Nicole laughing. Oh, I see. I see Artemis. That's not helpful. Okay, hello. This is. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be uh, Halloween if we didn't have audio issues. He's just trying to fit in. Are you on a laptop? Uh, I'm on a laptop, but I have like a webcam mic and I have this headset. Let's try, let's try, can you uh, hang up on Skype? Because I'm actually thinking that for some reason, maybe you just don't have the, the bandwidth because your, your video is kind of getting laggy too. Yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, once... Yeah, so maybe let's try this. Are you... Hang up on you... Skype and then switch Discord back to the, the headset and we'll see if that fixes it. The rather better mic? Yeah, we'll try that for a sec. One second. Thanks, thanks to everyone for hanging in there as we're figuring stuff out. Twitch chat says, give us Nicole. Nicole is, Nicole is not our guest for the evening. I apologize for that. My cat Mackie in chat says, Evil Genius is one megabyte inter internet facility. I do like that. Oh, Kelby's in the chat. Um, is that any better? Kelby's been yeah, wait, keep talking, while. Greg. All right, I'm talking. I'm hoping this microphone It is not better. working better in the slightest. This is hilarious. God. <laughs> Are you on Wi-Fi? Uh, no, we're in the ethernet, so that's really Yeah, it's strange. really weird because it varies in and out. Um, I would say we should change Discord. Uh, like, res you can switch from like a West Coast server to something else, but you're literally three miles away from me, so I, I don't know why that would be a thing. Yeah, let me try. So it's a wireless headset. Let me try plugging in and see if that makes. Yeah, a that difference. might be part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> How you been, Mark? Chilling, man. My cat uh, facing the wrong way. Show happy. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. You need to get your cat in order. I, I feel really guilty because I did a series of interviews on Asset Day. All right. Is that any... You have better? to you just have to keep talking. Tell us how you're doing, Kim. I'm what sorry, what did talking. you do today? What yeah, I do also, today? I keep calling you Kim um, because your handle is Kim Dynasty in the Kim Dynasty. Discord. Yeah, that, that, it's awkward when I get emails and people just think I'm a grown-up. Yeah, I'm Kim. renaming you in my Discord to Greg so that I don't, looking at your name, get confused. Yes. I will say it's been better. It though. Sounds better. So what did you do today, Greg? Okay, so so now it's plugged in. So I think it's yeah. better. I okay, think we're call good. me back on Skype, and we might be good. Okay, all right, all right. So basically, wireless headsets are not the answer. No. Try. Uh, can you call us back on Skype? I got there. We go. Yep, I'm calling right awesome. now. Awesome. I think we should be good then. Okay, looks great. Fantastic. Uh, so what did you? Okay. And I like that it's blurred out in the background. We can't see the Skype auto blurring technology is turned on, so we can't see any of those people that are trying to uh, be ridiculous in the background. So, 
you work as the director of LCS at EG, but what did you do before this? Because I find that quite fascinating. Travis, I think he had put his thing on stream also. I don't see it because his webcam. Yeah. I think we're good now. <laughs> I was like, okay, there we go. Yes. Are we good? Yeah, so uh, before uh, before switching over to EG, I actually worked for the LCS. So I was at Riot doing, uh, I guess, Insights work, which is uh, the business strategy and data analytics wing uh, of Riot Games. So I was essentially taking a look at LCS and just figuring out how to be uh, the best league operationally in the world, more nice. or less. Did you do you feel you accomplished that during your during your tenure there? <laughs> I I feel like we made good progress. That's okay. for sure. Because um, it was interesting. I think before I joined Riot, like Esports Insights was definitely a thing. I think um, when I joined the team, it was to be like the dedicated LCS Insights guy. Um, so it was really cool because it, it enabled us to like really dedicate a resource to like specifically LCS figuring stuff out. Like I worked on things like flex scheduling, like optimizing like the week in and out schedule um, for viewership and making sure like you got the right matches at the right time. Um, stuff like roadshow event strategy, um, uh, and like even stuff like big ticket items, like thinking about expansion and like regionalization and all those like fun things behind the scenes that I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to comment on, but it is some of the stuff that I worked on. Well, here, sure. maybe to ask you a question that maybe you're not allowed to comment on now is working on the team side and coming in from the inside side at Riot. What do you think of the Monday night schedule? Because... That seems like something you would have worked on at Riot in terms of thinking about viewership so, and maybe something that you have an opinion on working on the team side. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, and I think pertinent to us at EG because we're de debuting on Monday. Like we have the Sunday-Monday shift the opening weekend. Um, I think there are a couple things to it. I think like I really like that the LCS is taking a big bet on like a new like fan ritual, like something you can buy into. Like if you remember back in the day, like football never used to be on Monday nights and like they created Monday night football and this is similarly creating Monday night league. So I think like it's a cool way to highlight our product, um, not only in a different light to, uh, and I, I still say we a lot, even I don't work at Riot anymore, but um, highlight it to hardcore fans in the same way and similarly like package it, it package it as like a standalone product for someone who wants to get into esports possibly um granted the, the call was made after i left Riot, and i was like pulling my hair out during free agency so um i'm curious to hear sort of what what the tactic is with monday light league but um i think like you know nothing ventured nothing gained for the league and i think the idea like academy rush is a thing this year and like having these new products and these new angles and shaking things up like um that can be nothing but good and sort of we'll see how it goes and iterate from there i think um what this definitely does show is that the league's willing to experiment for sure nice well i'm excited to find out uh we have i think uh, mark you have three or four folks in the waiting room did did we pull anybody yet specifically specifically for eg uh, there is one EG caller predicting something about EG. Okay, well, why don't we pull yeah, uh, the three folks to kind of wrap up our previous conversations uh, from the first half of the show, and then we can start pulling more EG topics after that. We also have the the classic NA content complaint nice. caller. Uh, I don't know if, where you yeah, want to Yeah, let's, let's do that one right that now, side. just to get Greg into a very awkward yeah. position right out the gate as somebody's complaining Perfect. about both his former right. former employer and current partner, Riot Games. Well, he can give his opinion. Yeah. No, whatever. I'm Hold excited. On. 
All right, so while we're waiting for that, a couple more shout-outs on stream to folks who have subbed. Thank you to I Love You Chat for 26 months, uh, Popsuvich, MacD Shifty for one year. It's Momo1, Tom Shue, LL Globus, Weird Dude for gifting us up to Mage Wrecker, and Papa Smithy, Poro on Mars, and then Weird Dude 25. Looks as though we have our next caller here now. GD Nerd, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara. And I hear you have a gripe, a concern, a complaint. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pretty unhappy with the current state of NALCS uh, content, hype, and in general, just communication from that side. And I'm not 100% sure where the problem is coming from, but I just want to walk through a couple of things that are personal gripes for me. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so right now, uh, LOL Esports has three separate 2020 hype videos for the LEC, zero for the LE, uh, LCS. I thought we were getting one this afternoon when I saw Avali's video, but then it turned out to be something not directly <laughs> from the LCS studio. It was her own thing, which was cool and amazing, but why isn't the LCS itself doing that kind of stuff? Uh, secondly, I feel like there's some dysfunctional communication between... I'm not sure whether it's directly the content side, but specifically with Greeley, uh, there's kind of the whole fantasy LCS saga where first last year he claimed we'd have an update mid-spring split. When people started tweeting him after MSI, uh, he was like, okay, well, we'll give you a real update in a couple of weeks. Then the update he gave in a couple of weeks was, oh, we'll give you an update uh, before the end of summer. End of summer turned into after Worlds. And then after worlds is like oh well we just kind of gave up uh like best of luck with third party uh offerings um and i mean it, it's more nuanced than that but uh it it really felt like nobody really was telling us what was going on and i just kind of felt like personally like there there was no idea what was going on and things were falling through wasn't communicated right. very well and so it was this kind of long depressing slide into not having fantasy lcs uh now draft buff is doing a great take on uh what the old riot system was um and it's better in some ways worse than others but uh just in general so i'm not sure whether Greeley's specifically handing the uh handling all this kind of stuff whether it's hype and communication and all right, those you're kind just of saying like you're disappointed to the lcs yeah and i'm not sure whether yeah. like where whether where the breakdown's happening i guess whether it's directly on him or he's just tanking the aggro for well the commissioner basically takes the problems. aggro for everything and in most cases stuff ladders yeah. up to him even if it's not his his decision so feel free to throw everything you want at the feet of of Greeley, including if you feel a champion is overpowered or uh any or you you don't have Project <laughs> A yet. That's all Commissioner Greeley Well, I, I wasn't sure if he was, like, really dealing with this or he was dealing with more sure, internal sure. stuff. Yeah, I think, no, I mean, I think he deals with a lot of these things. And uh, ultimately, he's he's responsible for the quality of the league. So if you're saying things that aren't working out, I think he, he'd he probably be down to take some ownership of that. Uh, all right, so first off, definitely agree with you. I think last year I was really disappointed personally with the lack of promotion going into spring split and i remember at the time chopper who is no longer uh running things over on the north american esports side had said that they were trying to get out of the way of lec but 
seems like we're still trying to get it out of the way of LAC because LAC has released two really high quality videos and maybe a third as well. Uh, you, yeah. Three, yeah. And yeah, LEC has been killing it. I, I went back and looked and the last time I was actually hyped for an LCS uh, like split hype video was 2017 summer with the run the jewels yeah. trophy. Uh, they had a pretty one. good I can't one. Remember Their campaigns for I think summer finals. I want to say were really good. But... With double F first beer. Yeah, well thing. that and no, I think that was spring, right? No. So, summer oh, was yeah, the one was where spring, they had right. like the crazy uh, smoke machine stuff or smoke canisters and every like. Oh, all the yeah. different colors. Yeah, that, that was... like I thought that was but that's all. That's all. That... Finals yeah. hype. That was it. Was finals hype not? But like the because I'm thinking about this in terms of like video hype production content stuff. It's been really cool, but I, yeah, I've been a little disappointed on, on some stuff. So I don't know what's going on. I hope we're getting something soon, but it, it is frustrating that we're a week out and we haven't, and people know I was also frustrated by the, like the delay in getting the schedule out as well. And while we have seen the casters doing some stuff, like dash did like a interview with Papa Smithy and all that. It's not really stuff that feels one, it feels kind of like a more polished version of stuff that a lot of the content creators in the community are making anyway. So it's not like Riot has all this access to all these people and all this stuff. So it's kind of weird that they're not pushing more hype for it. Uh, I'm I'm going to stall for Greg as he figures out how to navigate this question and throw it to you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> what? He hasn't had enough somebody time who, to know the angle he's going? What, I mean... What's your take? I'm disappointed uh, for sure. I mean, I'm not saying... We need all the same stuff. Like, I don't want to sing. I don't want to be in a Kia commercial as well. I mean, I assume that that's why that video exists is because Kia was willing to pay for that beyond just... Uh, I mean, it can be both, right? They want, like, they the wanted to make a hype video and they found Kia as an, a partner to pay for it. Sure, that's true. Maybe it was, was more on the um, sales team there doing that. But either way, I mean, like... Hmm... See, I, it was funny. I was talking to someone about this last week. And I <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say anything more than that. Wait, that that's, that's what you're throwing out there? It's funny. I was talking to someone, and that's all I'm going to say. I mean, he, yeah. I, I was talking to someone. I got some, some extra context about, like, some of the numbers of, like, what it costs to make some of those videos and stuff like that. And, like, budgeting. And... I was like, hey, man, if you ever need this to become, you know, public information, somehow, some way for it to come out, you know, no, I'm, I'm your sure, guy. I'm sure it's <laughs> tremendously like, expensive to, to create that stuff. But whenever our most hype video is awfully with like a phone out in front of the LCS. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I was just saying that like, I was like, dude, if you ever want yeah. to like, you know, have some information slip out about like you know, these figures or, or what or like estimations sure. or something, you know, let me know. And he was like, and no, <laughs> so I won't say anymore. That's, that's the extent of that speaking conversation. Speaking of information slipping out. People do. So I guess what I'm saying is people do talk about this internally at Riot too. And speaking of information slipping and, out, uh, we have former rioter Greg Kim right now, who's going to answer, take it, share his take on this. But I mean, on the team side, Greg, you, you know, you're director of league. I'm sure that you have conversations all the time with Riot. Is this something that you're, seeing or feeling or you know that you have an opinion on you're muted i think my the, the microphone issues continue uh 
Done, done. Hello? Hello? Nope. Still can't hear you. Well, it sounds like Riot got to Greg. I'm really disappointed at how quickly they Video were able to cut. They were able to find him and clip the microphone cable. Riot Games shutting him down. This maybe either that so, or Greg himself has clipped the microphone. He's like, "Dear God, uh, oh, I, what's that? Oh, my microphone's not working. That's really strange that I can't share an, an opinion on it." Re real quick, while this uh, is getting you for resolved, helping I just want to like. say, uh, yeah. personally, I I care way less about the the hype videos and the content. Like that, that's important uh, to me. But my number one priority would just be like non-dysfunctional communication about this kind of stuff. Cause that seems like a pervasive problem that's gotten worse in the last couple of years. Yeah. Right. And I think to, to the, the, the point about <clears throat> hype content stuff, like I think there should be something cool at the start of the season, but it's also like going into budgeting. Like, would you rather have three new weekly programs that are low to the ground and something that can work? Or do you want to like blow a fat chunk of money on, some dope hype thing at the start of the year that happens once, you know? And I think we've seen Jat's new thing, like Travis was saying, it looks like Toby or I'm a dash is doing something. Azale as well put something up, which I think is, is being helped produced by riot, which was like his, um, I forget what he called it. Lane kingdom or something where he just talks about laning stuff. So, you know, I would be, I don't know how tied all these budgets are together, but there is more content going on as well. Greg, all right. Yes. Am I good? Okay. I fixed itself. I have no idea what's going on with this thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure it's my laptop and not my headset. Good, good sponsor, um, Steve. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like a tricky question to answer, right? And I'll caveat this with like, I didn't work directly on content at Riot, obviously. I was looking at like how the viewership did after the fact. But like, it, there are a lot of factors here. Like, the the same guys who do LCS, like, you know, I think Mark's probably seen this too. Like we like the English broadcast often like comes out of North America too, right? So something we experienced this past year was like a lot of people were working MSI and then they had to come right back to LA and they were working the college championships and they were right back into the summer split. So I think like sometimes what sometimes what you don't see behind the scenes is like um when like an individual riot office like lcs or riot na versus like riot eu like who has ownership of what and like when a team actually is like responsible for something like when when a team's covering more than you have visibility on or when a team has is covering less than you have visibility on right and i think like part of what you guys mentioned earlier which is pretty astute is like i don't i don't know the financials but i'm sure like kia had a part in the production of those lac hype videos which which is which just sort of enables the production of more content with less cost to to write or i, I guess the lac office so i don't know i mean i think like i like i expect we have an eyes on video coming out pretty soon um and like i think part of it with franchising and per or permanent partnership or whatever is that there was an expectation that the teams would lean in a little bit too and i think uh at least for us like we hopefully have something on the way this week um that all sort of add to the mix but i don't know it's it's definitely a tricky question it's a lot of moving parts and it comes down to like um bandwidth the office the partnerships and the budgets and all that stuff um uh here's here's a juicy question that hopefully avoids pointing blame at anyone 
do you feel like as a new team coming into the league in North America, do you see like all the things that Europe gets? And do you do people on the team side feel that kind of jealousy that I think a lot of uh, (laughs) uh, that I think a lot of fans feel, you know, sometimes it there can be good reasons for why you don't have something shiny that your your next door neighbor has, but it doesn't make the feeling any better. Uh, You know, where I think a lot of uh, fans feel, oh, we look at all this stuff they're getting. Where's ours? Do do on the team side, people say, look at all this stuff that LEC franchise teams get made. Where's ours? I think a little of it might be. So I'm cautious to say this, but I think a little bit might be recency bias, right? Like LEC, LEC obviously franchised last year, and like with the LCS, like it's been the go-to league in the West, at least from like an ent- entertainment perspective, for a very long time. Um, so I think like, you know, obviously like the whole rebrand, the permanent partnership in Europe, like, I think that generated a lot of attention. And of course, like having two teams like Fnatic and G2 at the top and having like the fan focus sort of like converging on those teams and having those teams in the summer finals last year, like that's how you get like broken records, like the peak concurrent record that LAC summer finals had and stuff. Right. So I think like the the part of this at least from the team perspective to me and i don't know if this is naive and it's because i'm just coming from riot is like it's a permanent partnership model right so i think while it's right to certainly like demand the best from the league and make sure that the league's like innovating and and striving to do whatever it can to drive up viewership and believe me having been the one sitting in that seat like we were trying last year um like it's 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 a combined effort in many ways right so like whether it's like teams leaning in on content or um just like teams sort of doing whatever it takes to help the scene move along i think i think it's a partnership there just as much as it is very, as it is like very diplomatic Greg. they they i like i i get I, it you know but and I kind of, I will, I will say, like, I kind of rambled there, but I do think, like, the LEC success last year was a little overhyped. Like, I think it's a very common thing on Reddit to say, like, oh, viewership, it's like China, Korea, Europe, North America. Like, that's not really the case. Um, like, I think what's tricky with viewership metrics is, like, different, different metrics mean different things. And obviously, different esports, like, use metrics in very different ways. Um, and like part of why you see like the listen stuff with Overwatch and LCS and like you see that average minute audience number is like to try to get at a more accurate read on like what's going on with the league. If that makes I just sense. think so you're saying go ahead, Mark. Of, so you're saying that Europe was overhyped. North American LCS is still the better, better league for viewership. More people like us. Right. That's what you're saying. I'm saying. I don't know if I can outright say that. But I'm saying it's like it's not. That's not. That's certainly not far from the, from the truth. If it's like not the truth, you know what I mean? Because um, I think like yeah, you know, we like I. It's there's like a lot of dynamics to it. I know I keep saying that phrase, but like LCS, like I feel like it, like as a product, right? Like we have a lot of like former veterans from Europe who've come over and ports the LCS. So like I think. Um, and we have just like brands like TSM and C9 who are, who are just like the de facto like league brands coming out of the West for a very long time, or at least from my perspective. I don't know if that's like too ignorant of Europe's history and Fnatic and everyone else, but like there's, there's a lot of legacy and history to the LCS. And I think like the viewership followed that for a very long time. And, um, 
when you when you look at like percentage growth year over year, like if you're going from like, you know, if you're going from 20K to 70K, like that's very different from going like 140K to 150K, like in terms of yeah. a number, right? Well, here, so, so I want to get us um, back on topic because I think we've gone off topic. GD Nerd's take was more just frustration around the lack of hype and also what he perceives as like a lack of communication around topics. It kind of seems like things are just kind of floating around. And I can, I can totally understand that because when you're, you're like, oh, we've got an update on fantasy later, and then it never comes, and the season starts, and you don't have the schedule up, and it doesn't feel like LCS has any of these hype videos that we're seeing in LEC. It does feel as though what's going on over there is someone dropping the ball. Like League fans are looking for a reason to get excited about this coming year of LCS, and it does not feel like Riot themselves are doing a very good job of helping them in that manner. And I, I would definitely agree with that a ton, and I hope that it's something that Riot is seeing. It's just, it's frustrating to me because like I made the joke in my monologue yesterday at the Gaffey. He's like, oh, we decided to put as much effort into promoting this show as Riot did in the start of the LCS. And I copy pasted that for my monologue last year because they did the same thing last year. So like that, this is the shit that does get me frustrated where it's like, all right, they've, they've definitely not going to do it again. And then LEC comes out with all this cool shit and Riot's just like, here's a funny horror show video with Kobe and Freak, which... By the way, Kobe, much better actor than I expected, makes me worried about some of the compliments he's paid me at home, but does not necessarily do a good job of promoting the start of the split. There, I said it. All right. Oh my God, Travis. I can't believe you said that Shots thing that, fired. You, that, that you've said. I know, I've said it dozens of times, which just makes me even more frustrated. Nerd, uh, what would you like to yeah. see differently? Maybe that's this how we'll wrap the call. Uh, so I understand there's a lot of limitations because uh, of a lot of these things seem to have had screwed up communications issues with the league start and fancy LCS with internal business deals that he can't talk about. But there needs to be a better way to communicate to the public. Like, here's what you should expect. Like, here's when LCS starts. Like, sure, we can't talk about format just yet, but here's when it's starting because my guess is it wasn't going to move around by a few weeks. Yeah. Um, and just like in general have like a clear picture for what's going on. If you can talk about something you're trying to make happen, talk about it, but like try and make things not feel like things are falling into place at the last second. Cause that's definitely been the impression I've gotten from Greeley on virtually everything. Uh, <laughs> over well, the thank last you while. for calling in nerd. Is there anything you want to say on the way out? Shout out to Alienware. We use them at my work. They're great. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Yeah, we get so many Alienware shout outs at the end of these things. I fucking love it. All right. Mark, you want to grab our next caller? Sure. Speaking of shout outs, shout out to Poor on Mars, Weird Dude 25, Easy Moto, Has 2099, John Mick Bonasunza, The Graphic Truth, Paradox, The Only, The Slatherpuss, I Hate Snarf, Vienna LOL, Anero for two years. Congratulations, Anero. We love you. And Os Phase, 13 months. We'll be getting our next caller here in any moment. If you're just joining right now, by the way, we're interviewing and are speaking with our guest tonight is Greg Kim, who is the director of LCS. Is it director of League or director of L LCS? Uh, I think it's technically director of LCS. It feels weird that you're a director of a product. Like the LCS is a product, right? Whereas like League. Yeah, I guess like. If you drew it, I would be a director of LCS. Who, who was responsible for sure. giving you that title? Um, either Nicole or Phil, one okay. of the two. 
do you feel like it's a it's a are you happy with that title or do you feel like they should have done a better job of uh, it's a step up from like insights lead i guess so hard to complain so you're about saying it. the bar was so low that whenever you got that title paradox the only is here paradox where are you calling from you're also you're muted there we go hey how's it going uh, let me just get you're good the stream. Um, from Iowa City, Iowa. Iowa City, Iowa. And what, and you've been on yeah. the show before, a couple times, right? Uh, uh, wow, man. Uh, nine months ago. No, I remember yeah. like it was just yesterday. That's how much I care <laughs> about the people who call into the show. Paradox, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, so I don't know what Mark pulled me in for. I had two topics. Okay, wait. What were they again? Uh, so one was on YCOG would be a top three team and challenge for the title. And then the other was Team Liquid not being in the top three for the regular I picked season. picked you for, for CL, CLG, I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. But I care more about so the yeah, Team Liquid CLG. one. We talk about Team Liquid all the time. Yeah. Uh, When's the last time someone talked about CLG? I mean, that's kind of the point, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. They know the whole thing. Paradox. Talk about, you said CLG will be a top three. Fascinatingly, can yeah. we merge these? Because you're saying CLG sure. will be in the top three and Team Liquid won't. That's actually the most fan- and fascinating I think, part of this. Yeah. And I actually do think both of them are related to one another. I mean, if Team right. Liquid's not going to be up there, that gives CLG yes. a chance to be okay. up there. Tell me. Um, let's start off with Team Liquid. Yes. I, guess. I think biggest thing is visa issues, of course. I mean, that's going to play a role into how well they start off the spring split. And in addition to that, even if they do have Broxer right away, I think that what Xsmithy did for this team involved plugging in like a lot of holes. He had calm, a calm mind and leadership, and I think they're really going to miss that. Okay. And then where I Okay. Sorry. Give me the CLG one as well. Okay. And then in regards to why CLG be a top three team, I mean, they already were split, and I think they've only uh, improved. They were? Because I don't remember seeing them at Worlds. No, in the summer split. Yeah, I know. I just... I consider playoffs to be more oh. representative of the strength of the team during like the summer split than I do. Oh, well, okay. whatever your point is, I mean, your point is well taken. They definitely progressed a ton during the split and then uh, just couldn't make it out in, in playoffs. So, so you think they will mm-hmm. this year because they already were last year and presumably you think that they've upgraded their roster. Yeah. I would say that crown is a clear upgrade over POE and then, I think Smoothie is a little more contentious. You can say he's a upgrade or downgrade or side. What do you think about Irene leaving CLG? Because my understanding was that Irene was actually really helpful in getting that team into a good place as a coach. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Um, I think my thoughts on that are that I think Song, who came in, has been misjudged unfairly. I think anyone going to TSM has a hard time in that with Zix. Um, and then in regards to, I think... He was on Echo Fox. He was a coach for Echo Fox when they did well, wasn't he? Um, you mean when they were when they made third place? Yeah. No. Looking on. That was an an arrow, I think. Song okay. Song was only last year. Yeah, I think Irene only came, Irene came over. From, oh, sorry, we're talking about Song. You're saying? Yeah, Song yeah. Song Song was on Echo Fox last year. Uh, he was on TSM two years ago when they were doing well. Or I when they weren't doing as well. Yeah, I think that's right, actually. But I think that recently he had you know, a bad performance, I guess, on TSM. But I think that most coaches that go to TSM usually have a hard time. So I think that wasn't a fair, how to say, assessment of him. Gotcha. All right. 
I'll throw it to Greg first. Greg, your team have been scrimming certain teams. I don't know if they've been scrimming these ones, but I, I feel like you might have more insight into the strengths of some of those teams than maybe Mark and I do. I don't know how much you can talk about it, well, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to leak scrim results, but I I, I have a tough time okay, with people do it all do the time. literally all the time. <laughs> I will say, well, I'm I'm not going to throw stones at other teams. I will say, your like... team is literally called Evil know, Geniuses. That's all you do is throw fair. stones at other teams. That is very fair, and and probably more than throw stones. But I mean, like, look, I, I I'll leave it with this on CLG. Like, their head coach chose to come to us, and he was excited about what we had. So I don't know if you have us in your top three, but I don't know. I think I think we can certainly give them a run for their money. And I'm not I'm not sure if they're top three. It's hard to say. It's really early, and like everyone's been dealing with the, the visa issues and stuff. So like the scrims have been all wonky, um, but. I don't know. Like at the same time, it's like it's hard to see why. Like you know, if your reasoning is CLG is going to break top three and TL's not going to break top three, I'm not sure. Like what evidence there is to say that like TL's just like not going to be good and CLG is going to take. Weldon joined EG. Weldon joined EG. Oh, there's yeah. Sorry, like our head coach is there. CLG's former strategic coach. I'm just teasing. I knew what you meant. Exactly. For sure. Um, so I don't know. I have a tough time with both of those. Paradox, do you, you have a rebuttal to any of this? Well, I think stating that I have no evidence as to why Team Liquid won't, I guess I didn't really hear where you'd have them placed, but as to why they'd be outside of top three, I think there's clear evidence where if Rox doesn't start right away, this team is going to play without a jungler that they haven't consistently practiced with. And even if they do have Rox to come in, who I think individually is an upgrade over Xmithy, I think that Xsmithy, what he offered to the theme is, just to elaborate on the plug and holes thing, is that I think that sometimes the bot lane or mid lane uh, made mistakes that Xsmithy kind of plugged up for them and helped like damage control, so to speak. And I think that's something that Broxa might not willing, be willing to do. I mean, I can buy them not being first or even top two, maybe if in the regular season with some of the problems that you're talking about, falling all the way out of top three, meaning they're down at fourth is a Bit of bit of a stretch for me. Team Liquid fourth um, is a stretch for you. Ha! Thank you. Funny meme. Uh, but I do think come playoffs they'll be fine. So it depends if you're talking about regular season or not. Yeah, just regular season. Just regular. Yeah. Season. Okay. I can buy them not being first or even maybe second. But any, I don't know. Fourth is like okay. So all these other teams that haven't played together are going to have synergy. Like because you know you're talking about oh they're not playing without their starting jungler. Like well, all these teams have never played together basically. Um. You know, so it's a question of how good his Pobelt are going to be and how long he has to play for. But I can't imagine that it's it's that huge of an issue. Um, on the CLG point, I would like to uh, buy in with you, but I, I, I don't think I can. Um, I think Biofrost is, is a better than smoothie and not just to like oh it's just a little bit i think he, he is a little bit uh, uh you know a noticeable amount better i think smoothie might be more likely to take over a game um but i think the crown for poe one is also one that i'm not 100 percent sold on because i know people love crown i love crown i know he's individually amazing and he tries to do more than poe did um where POE often was not super proactive and trying to take the game over, but like there were a lot of games where Crown tried to do that, was not on the same page with his team, and died a bunch. 
and was like one of the reasons that they I mean like they probably would have lost anyways because it's not like they have that much playmaking on that team without him but it wasn't like he was always you know this like pop-off god and there's more talent around him on CLG maybe that will make allow him to not need to do quite as much um and so he won't have quite as many of those blow-up performances as he had on on Immortals but uh there is still like extra communication concerns that you might have now whereas poe was you know completely fluent um crown is not uh so i don't know i think you know i agree it's an upgrade in the mid lane i think it's a downgrade in the bot lane and then you have to worry about the whole mix of how does it all work together now i just think irene leaving so, is going to be the thing that well that's too, right? yeah like, i was I was going to say, at least, like, you know, I don't know what the before was like, like, over at CLG, but just seeing Irene with us, like, I, I think he's a really good coach. I feel like we have the best coaching staff in the league. Like, we can go toe-to-toe with any other coaching staff in the league. And, uh, like, I don't I don't know what songs you're at Echo Fox was like. Obviously, that's a very hard situation for anyone. You toss uh, going through whatever that org was going through last year but i think like i don't know i feel like i feel like last year like the general consensus was clg kind of outperformed expectations and i feel like that's the kind of thing where like your coach should come in and get the best out of the pieces that you have there or like maybe teach them how to play, play league letter better um and i think like the thing that's been fascinating for me like on the team side is like sitting there and seeing our coaches work with our players and like trying to get the best out of them so i think that's definitely not to be underrated um i don't know how songs doing uh, gonna do but i like i feel like we we picked up a great asset in irene for sure yeah. well no i definitely agree with that i think irene's a really good coach i just think that what you're touching on where he makes players play like a team together. I think that's something that they're not just going to forget. And I think that's something that carry into the next split. I think COG is a team that plays better than the some other parts. They're really, uh, how would I say, they like, not that they like to, but they're willing to sacrifice individual glory for team glory. Paradox, anything you want to say or shout out before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for the call. All right, on to the next caller. Off Mark goes, Echo Fox GG has resubscribed for two months. I don't know if that's the Echo Fox Twitch account and who runs it, but I, I really appreciate that. Did you get the Echo Fox GG Twitch account as part of the, the LCS transfer, uh, Greg? Not that I know of. Dude25 has gifted a sub to CounterLogic Gaming, so I'm glad that we, we have multiple teams coming in as subs on the, <laughs> the show. Uh, either way, we should be back here in just a second. For all those that don't know, because Riot hasn't told you, LCS is starting this Saturday. You can tune in. There's going to be uh, four teams that are playing in the LCS on, on, or sorry, four matches, eight teams this Saturday, 25th. Get excited for it. All right, looks like we got Quantum Ranger here. Quantum Ranger, where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Diego, California. Oh, Whereabouts in San Diego? I'm right by San Diego State University. Nice. Yeah, I love San Diego. I'm from that area. Yeah, I'm born and raised here. Actually, Same. I love it. San Diego Bros for life. What do you want to talk about on the show? I wanted to talk about how I think everyone is sleeping on Hundred Thieves. Oh, all right. And Papa Smithy pay you? I saw him in the chat earlier. Um, I'm getting a cool coaching session. Oh, from good. Him later. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I think that Hundred Thieves is underrated for a couple reasons one 
Uh, I've been watching Papa Smithy's YouTube reviews for a long for a long time, as long as I've been playing League, and he's been doing them. Um, I think his brain works really well. But another <laughs> the highest thing is, form of compliment. I well, sure, sure, sure. Right, it's not my main point, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, it was but, just phrased uh, in a funny way. You know, he's not right. smart. His brain just works good. It's been right. greased up real nice. It's got to yeah. know, you know, streamlined real good. One hundred percent. Great working oh, brain. My my degree in college was in communication, <laughs> and one of and I'm clearly doing excellent at it. But it is related. Do you attend San Diego State? I did. Right. Well, highest quality. Yeah, I tell. Anyway, continue. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, in watching the interview that he did with Dash, uh, he really emphasized communication amongst the team and when you watch some of these mid-level teams uh when you see them playing in the league you can really tell that there's some communication issues that are going on um maybe some missed calls maybe sven getting caught out by baron um you know those types of things and i think that his emphasis on communication is huge that being said uh, I think that someday Medios and Cody are actually like we're sleeping on them f- from a talent perspective. So I think that when while we still see R- Ryoma, I think is what he wants to be called, and Stunt uh, coming in as fresh blood into the team, I think that their emphasis on working uh, together and working through Cody, Son, someday, and Medios is actually going to be really successful for them. Uh, I like that you brought up communication. Uh, it's a really interesting point for this team. I think your points about Medios and Cody, I agree with. Um, Rioma is a, a big question mark for me. I'm not going to pretend I know jack shit about this kid. Uh, so it's going to make everything I say from here on a little sus. But uh, the someday thing is the interesting one for me because he, as good as he is and as good of a personality as he seems to have, uh, it almost seems like he's not dominant enough in what he wants given to him um because whenever they play someday centric play styles it's really hit or miss uh you know we remember his insane jack's individual play that like saved a game but like there's not that many instances where they turbo snowballed through uh someday alone you know or anything like that where they did three-man roams and it worked really well i mean Rio was pretty good about it um but it it wasn't super consistent and like the best hundred thieves ever looked was like that really slow play style which often revolved more around getting kills in the bot lane with afro and medios and i think they can do that again um with stunt but the thing i've heard about stunt and the rub on him for why despite his excellent solo queue record that you know he couldn't stick on a team was that people often disagreed with his in-game calls and didn't like how adamant he was about these calls and stuff like that. And so that usually led to, um, you know, people having friction with him and not wanting to play with him where there, there was difference of opinion, uh, pretty, pretty big ones. So that's my concern is like when we saw the media someday Cody kind of thing two years ago with admittedly a different mid laner and support, it was a really uh, good team that focused more around bot lane and mid to late game situations before it kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have the same people. I think Medios has been underrated for his communication and shot calling and stuff like that because most of the teams he's been on 
are pretty good in those those situations and it's not always just Afromu, but I think you know, Ryoma's a big X factor, which can, can make all this kind of turn on its head. But sure. I, I have not seen people in North America ever in someday's history here successfully play around him for extended periods of time. No one has been able to make him the primary carry on the team. Didn't happen when he was with Dignitas. Um, way back when Dignitas was a different team um, before they left the league. Uh, you know, it never really worked with 100 Thieves. And he doesn't necessarily need to be the, the primary carry here. Um, but I'm not sure that things are going to work as well as they did in the past in the bot in the mid lane, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not convinced Ryoma is instantly going to be Ryu, and I'm not convinced Stunt will be Afro when he was good. Right. Well, I think one thing, and to your point, I, I agree that some of the shot calling has been interesting, but Medio seems to have a really strong voice. And if he's working in line and directing the whole team, I think someday could play a pretty good weak side top laner while we're getting Cody fed. I think I mean, we kind of sleep on Cody. I mean, he's been to Worlds with three different teams. Like, I'm a huge Cody fanboy. Don't get me wrong. I think I, I think I put him number one, one split on my, my all pro voting. I think someday is a fantastic tank player. I have no problem with his play on the weak side. It's not usually about his play on the weak side it's when you know the rest of the team isn't doing enough that his weak side play can you know like it's like all right someday you're gonna be the second option and he's great about playing the second option it's just the first option's not working out well enough you know and then when they try and make him the first option it never works um mm -hmm. so i guess that's my concern is is can the other four members uh do enough because i don't think I haven't seen, like I want to believe I I I think someday is an amazing player, but I've never seen him be the primary carry on any team in North America. Well, why are we forcing him to be the primary carry? Well, because I'm saying if the if the Rioma Cody stunt Medios four man core doesn't work and someday stuck playing weak side, then it's not going to be enough. Greg, uh, from the EG side, mm -hmm. what what's your perspective on Hunter T so far? Um, so, I mean, we're playing them week one, so we haven't seen them in right. scrims or anything. So, and it's, it's like hard for me to comment on the league side. Cause like, you know, I'm not our talent eva evaluator, right? I'm head of operation, but I think like what's interesting to me and like all these power rankings and these conversations and like the fan perspective on an org is like, um, you know, you only see certain parts of it. And like, I think like the narrative is controlled by like how good an org is at communicating stuff out. Like I think hundred thieves, like put, they put out pieces with nature and Papa Smithy. They had um, a good one with Zix and Papa Smithy, I think. So like totally like credit to them for getting it out there and like, you know, having that emphasis on communication. Right. But I think like that doesn't mean that the rest of us aren't putting that emphasis on like communication. And that doesn't mean like, um, you know, I think, like Papa Smithy was always one of my favorite casters, very articulate about the game, very smart, but like that doesn't mean like at EG, like our brains don't work so good, right? I feel like we have <laughs> we have like one of the I think we have one of the smartest like orgs and staffs in the league, if not esports. And like I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Um so like I don't know. I like I I think it's a good thing and any team who wants to be competitive should have that emphasis on like like communication and culture, but I don't think that like that doesn't necessarily mean like a team's gonna outperform. Like, how, how confident are you going up against Hunter T this weekend? Um, I feel pretty good. I'm like, I 
our team, I feel like our team, like the sky's the limit. It depends like how it all comes together. But like, you know, I, our scrims have been like variable. There have been like pop-off days. There have been tougher days. But it sounds very hedging like your bets. Pretty Travis. good. It's, it's in my nature. I think we're going to win both games this weekend. Great idea, Travis. Great content idea for you. Get all the staff and coaches of each org to take an IQ test, you know, and see who has the smartest coaching staff. It's a good, it's a good idea. I mean, you could also just look at our resumes. Listen, this is esports, Greg. I don't That's know if you content. know about how some of these people <laughs> get these jobs. Resumes at esports I, usually well, reject I mean, that's my point, right? Like, so, like, if you're making the judgment on like who's intelligent in the space, like, there are arbitrary ways of doing it, and there are like non-arbitrary ways of doing it. So, if it's an IQ test, if it's like if you want to make education a thing, like, go for it. Like, I don't want to make uh, education or IQ test a thing because I, uh, <laughs> I think, I think Fair IQ test, dude. Think about the like you get, you get Artemis and <clears throat> Peter Zhang taking an IQ test at the same time. I'll, the same. Well, I guess that English reading comprehension might be All a problem. All I'm saying is, Greg, when he was in college, invited me to go to his college to give uh, to take part in a panel. So really, I'm very smart. That was that was business school, wasn't it? I I don't know. You tell me, Mister Smarty Pants. Slow. What business. if we did Pottermore quizzes instead? <laughs> that's, that's way better. Which team will win based off <laughs> of their house? Oh my god, they have the same Patronuses. <laughs> They're going to work great together. Team Synergy. If you've been in your jungle or the same house, oh shit, it's over. All right. Yeah. All right. God. Thanks, Quantum Ranger, for the call. Uh, curious to see how 100T does. Uh, what, where would you place them? I think I'd put them at third. third. Okay. Behind? So, I, so I'm a fan of C9, but C9's looking a little suspect recently. Ooh. Um, I don't know if I'm a big fan of their moves. Um, I think that Team Liquid's going to be at number one, and there's going to be a fight between 100 Thieves, C9, uh, TSM, and Evil Geniuses for Did two. Did you add three. Evil Geniuses at the end of that because Greg is in the call? Okay. No, that is actually... I didn't even know who you were until I logged on. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's like, all good. I have small brain yeah, plays. Okay. Thanks, Quad, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Uh, shout out to the squad and uh, to Kiwi. Have a good one. Uh, one one final point um, on this is just the Zix point. Kind of, so we start getting conversations. I think he's actually kind of like last chance feeling to me. I like Zix a lot, and I think he is smart and good about the game. But like at some point, you run out of goodwill, and it's definitely like a "What have you done for me lately?" kind of scene, you know. And well, probably it should be more actually. Sometimes we keep people around too long. But Zix at CLG had some some of the best stuff, you know, North America's ever had. Then it started kind of turned sour and there's obviously disagreements with management and he got let go. Then the TSM thing didn't work out. Now on 100 Thieves, I think he's really good. But, um, you know, if he has a bad year again with 100 Thieves, it feels like it's starting to look pretty sour yeah. for him. Yeah, you're usually only as good as your spoiled. last two years, I feel like, as a coach. They were like a game away from spring, spring split finals though last year, weren't they? Yeah. Wait, no. Wait, who am I thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, TSM. Yeah. I mean, I think um, 
but I mean, I mean not being at Worlds uh, is tough, but well, I think also the kind of like re- regression that you saw, as well as I, the whole TSM situation was weird. I mean, we talked about this before, Travis, but like the way Parth worded that thing to yeah, not yeah, include it definitely felt Tony like Six was cut like, out of the, the coaching staff at a certain point in time, unofficially. Yeah, and it wasn't like it didn't seem like they were they liked him a lot as much as like when they joined up, it was like finally like TSM and Zix, it's finally happened. Everyone's stoked. And then it didn't go well. And he's gone a year later. Like that's not a ringing endorsement, even if it, they, they did have some, so good I do moments. have an interview with Zix going up this week and maybe I'll air it after the stream. If we get enough subs. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, more to the point, I like Zix a lot and I think he's good. I don't think he would be like completely out of the scene. I just mean like, Maybe like Peter, he's he's getting less. He's not a head coach if if this goes poorly, and he's instead an analyst or something again. I don't know. All right, you want to grab the next caller? I'm hoping we got some easy yes. calls coming up because I feel kind of bad that we're just making Greg talk about Riot and the other teams. It's all good. I'm happy to address whatever. Um, I will say on the fantasy thing though earlier, like there's no one at Riot who wanted fantasy more badly than me, and I'll, like behind the scenes, like. I can't like maybe Ryan could communicate better, but like we sure as hell were working hard on that like all year. And find out what what Is the monitor says now. How I'm doing? Good brain. Okay, your performance review just keeps getting updated. Are you, I feel like you're trying to move yeah, to gotta, block it now. That's what I'm noticing. Uh, all right, I'm moving no, no, out of okay. the way. There okay. you go. Nicole's dodging. What is on her desk? Sour Patch Kids. Is that like yeah. a very evil situation? Trying, we could just do like a, a Nicole know. desk performance review right now. There's Sour Patch Kids. There's a box, uh, like a takeout box, maybe the brown one. Um, I don't know. It's very interesting what's going on over there. <laughs> All right, whatever. We have our next caller here, I believe. Nope, not yet. All right, we can keep wasting time with this. There's like a here we go. Oh, Sorry okay. about that. It's fine. We were we were evaluating Nicole's desk. <clears throat> Tank is here. Are those what? Sour oh, yeah, Patch they're kids? Sour Patch Kids. We just she's this like a e- secret EG sponsor, and she's using this show as a way to fulfill the deliverables. Anyway, we got Tank here. Tank, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Wheeling, West Virginia. Wheeling, West Virginia. What do you want to talk about on the show? My take is that EG makes they get third place in summer and make worlds. EG gets third this oh, summer. Okay. This summer or spring? Summer. Where, where do you have summer. them in spring? Um, I think they could be up there still. I mean, I I feel like just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, I think they're gonna work it out as they go. These are all just a bunch of um, random hedging statements that you're making right now. What does that actually mean? <laughs> Why don't you want to place them top three in the spring? Well, they. I think they could. I think it's kind of open. I think Liquid and TSM are my top two right now and i'm just not really hyped on cloud nine um or anyone else really i, I thought i think it's kind of wide open but i thought this was gonna be a, a bigger ringing endorsement yeah so. he's like <laughs> uh, nine months from now they will place top three and make worlds like that's i mean it's a good statement but we're we're in january so it's interesting that you feel like it's going to take yeah. so long why do you think it's going to take so long well i just kind of want to see what happens uh with Jazuke in the mid lane, see if he adapts well in the LCS. Are you implying that they might make a change if Jazuke doesn't work and that's what will get him into a good place? <laughs> no, oh, no. You're taking no, the negative no. angle here. What do you see in this team that makes you confident that they'll make worlds 
in summer. How about that? I like, I think Sven Skarin and Jazuke will end up working out really well together. I think that synergy will end up working out pretty well. And I think the bot lane's pretty stable. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just got to think it'll work out better for him. Like, I could, if I compare him to Cloud9, I just like the matchup better. I feel like they could do better against them. But I guess it's kind of... Bring some high-level points here, I would say. <laughs> okay, well, let's just toss it over to Mark. So, yeah. uh, as, as <laughs> Greg is here, <laughs> I think Tank has, to, Tank has a very general statement here which is that they'll be top three in summer and make it to Worlds. Do you think this is a team, when you look at it, that can be top three? Because it does, as I've said before, it does seem as though a lot of people are pretty confident on C9, TSM, and TL, and maybe some people drop TSM or C9 based off of opinions, but do you see EG getting their way in? Um, It's tough. I think right around the, the second through fourth or fifth is when you see a lot of close teams. Like, I think TL is, is first. Pretty much everyone thinks that. And then I I would probably put C9 second, but then for three, you know, I'm basically between EG... Um, TSM. Uh, I brain farted. TSM, yeah. EG and TSM are probably the next two closest ones with Dignitas and CLG maybe sneaking in there as well for me. Uh, that's my initial thoughts on it, but for me, the EG concerns are like on paper, if everyone hits their high end, I, I think this team could be really good. I mean, Bang obviously didn't have a great start to his North American debut, but kind of picked it up towards the end. I think we all know Bang can be really good. Uh, Zazel has been, for the most part, really good during his time he on had C9. A rough summer, um, right? It was it wasn't great, and I think uh, you know the entire bot lane got a lot of criticism. Zazel as well uh, struggles with some laning phase, but a good playmaker for the team overall, I think is the general consensus on him. Uh, Sven Skarin, just straight up a beast. Uh, and then Kumo's a question mark. He hasn't, I watched him a fair amount in Academy. He didn't strike me the way licorice and Academy and challenger scenes struck me. So I don't His think LCS he, games went really well me, though. Right. <clears throat> I think there's some debate to that. Uh, he got a lot of help. I think C9, whenever they started someone, they would do this kind of like, it, it, let's enable him. Let's see what his best champion is. Let's put him on his best champion. Let's play around him. And they won some games and they lost some games with Kumo. But he, I think he played Jace a lot and he usually didn't have great leads the way you would want out of the Jace games, uh, if I remember correctly. So I wasn't like, he's not bad. You know, I'm not saying he's, he's bad or anything, but, you know... I don't think he'll be super dominant. And then Jazuke is a big question mark. Uh, we saw how good he can be at different times in Europe and at Worlds, but he also is sometimes prone to some low points, I think, a, a sort of volatile player. So on the top end, you have Kumo working out. Sen and Jazuke, like the caller said, have good synergy and they're really aggressive. And the bot lane is mostly a uh, kind of mid-late game and they have a lot of playmaking and synergy kind of built in from all being C9 guys. So I think there are a lot of strengths to it some of the coaching staff stuff like um, we've already talked about. So I do think that they have the potential and I, I don't think this is a team that will explode. I don't think there's a way that they're just straight awful. Um, and it's mostly about how they stack up to TSM uh, for me. 
that's that's my entire. Great. What is your thoughts on Mark's thought. assessment? I'm actually really curious about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I actually I think these are all really fair takes, right? I think like the caller's caller's answer, like the reasoning, it sounds like something I would say. It's a little hedgy. Like I think like, but I think it's true. I think like springs the hard call to make because for us, like the challenge is how this team comes together, right? Like mm-hmm. of the guys that we brought in, like Swinskaren and Zayzo are the only two who are playing regularly together last split, and so like. You know, this is a brand new team coming together. A lot of these guys are playing together for the first time. We opted to start one European import and one Korean import, which most teams don't do. They usually go like two Koreans, two Euro- or two Europeans. So like there, there's a lot of, there's certainly a lot of coming together to be done. But I think at a higher level, like at least watching these guys play, and I think there's been some stuff about our boot camp in Korea. Like I truly do feel like the sky's the limit with our team. Like I've seen, I've seen kumo go against like pretty renowned top laners and do pretty good and i've seen like i've seen jizuke and i've seen these guys in action and i I, like i feel really good about our guys and i think more importantly like i feel like you know obviously this is my first year doing stuff on the team side but i feel like this is the beginning of a process of like truly building like an organization the right way Right. I think like we are going to do everything it takes to like with our coaches, with our staff to like get these guys to play at their peak. And like, I think we like we recognize like Jizuke has a bit of a redemption story after last year. Bang has a bit of a redemption story after last year. But I think we're giving them all a better environment and better teammates than they had last year. And, you know, if the pieces click together, like maybe we're going to MSI, like who knows? Um, but like, I think like the answer like on November 30th or whatever would be I don't know like let's wait to see them but right now I feel like these guys have a lot of potential okay, so and it's you know how quickly can we scale I, I appreciate all the we're a new org we're going to try everything we can to do for these players though I will tell you I have interviewed so many orgs that have said that before and a lot of them no longer exist even so <laughs> so I mean I appreciate that you're saying it but it you know obviously we have to see how things go one thing I do want to challenge you on, though, sure. is just the Jazuke thing, because I feel like he seems to be the one that has taken the most heat as you signed him. Because last time, so for those that don't know, I actually interviewed Greg, if anybody wants to go back. And it was kind of, it's kind of fun because you can maybe reflect on where it was then, because at the time you had just acquired some C9 players, but a lot of the other situations were not uh, filled in yet. And it feels like people were pretty hype. Then Jazuke came in and people were like, this feels kind of random how did this happen so i'd love to get your take or you know your defense of jazuke for the people who are doubting him purely on jazuke not like the how the right yeah, yeah no but went. just specifically like yeah. there's some people out there who are like rating your team lower because of jazuke on it do you feel like yeah i mean i think for us like i think it's safe to say from our staff perspective like we felt like one like we'd be giving him better teammates that he would have than he had last year. So like we would be putting out another a team on the rift that could support him and enable him to like be the aggressive playmaker that he is. And we also felt like um with Artemis and Irene that like we'd have a coaching staff who'd know how to sort of like get the pieces to fit together and get the most out of him. And I think like I think what we've seen in scrims and whatnot, like it's it's been pretty fun to watch him. That's for sure. I feel like he's going to be like an exciting mid laner, and I think like the doubts, like you know, it's hard to uncouple that from like the year that Vitality had last year, um, or just like maybe it's a sophomore slump. I'm not sure, but I will say like he's super motivated. All the guys are super motivated, and like they're gonna put in the time and the practice and all that stuff. 
um, like they're solo queuing, they're doing everything it takes. So that sounds a little shilly and like buzzwordy and like rah rah team, but um, like I don't know. Looking at him scrims, like he's got some champions that like that are a lot of fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing them on LCS. That's for sure. Thank, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say as we move on to our final caller? Oh no, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, shout out to Alienware, and uh, yeah, thanks Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. God, I think we're almost everyone has shouted out Alienware on the show. Fucking love stuff like that. All right, Mark, you want to grab our last caller? Did I die? Mark? Hello, Mark. Mark. Hello, I died. I don't know. Why well, I died. maybe I died. I see a couple drop frames, so I'm not sure. But no, I definitely okay. died. Because I, I, I lagged, I think. I couldn't well, hear anyone. You want to grab our last caller? Uh, he's not a real caller. He was... Uh, oh, sh so I'll, sh I'll shout him out now because we're saying goodnight. Predor uh, was going to talk about 100 Thieves. And then I pulled someone else who typoed 100 Thieves. Um, or they typoed EG. And I pulled him for EG. But he actually wanted to talk about 100 Thieves too. But Predor has been on the show a couple times. And so he stepped back to let the other guy take the 100 Thieves topic. Oh, that's so nice. shout out to Prado. We only had one EG topic. Uh, being a homie. We had Greg on. We only had one <laughs> yeah. EG topic. What? You can Anybody talk to him. Pleb gotta... topics or subtopics right now. Stick an EG topic in because I don't want to have the director right, of LCS here, but... on this show for EG and only have one EG topic. All right. I'll move someone else in, but the, Listen, it's not if, specific. If it's they're not, spe not talking about us now, we'll give them something to talk about in a couple of weeks. Okay. That's wait. OPTSM's fan is the same take as the last caller. Okay, that's my okay, point. Somebody else, quick, put an EG. Wait, I see somebody <clears throat> who at 9-11 said EG is overrated and will not make playoffs. Well, then they're talking about C9 and IMT. Somebody come in and yell at Greg. Can I ask Greg a question? Okay. Wait, it's Kelby. This Kelby, Kelby joined Kelby, himself. Kelby he just joins the channel. <laughs> okay, go for it, Kelby. Hey, Kelby. Thank God. Greg, so I've been watching the show. Uh -huh. and, and we should full disclosure by the way curious. kelby had a business relationship with eg whenever he worked at twitch so uh just disclosing that anyway go ahead kelby well yeah and i used to work at eg um but yeah i th i thought it was very interesting that you said that you already felt like you had one of the smartest and most competent staffs not only in league of legends but all of esports uh having worked for this organization and on the team side less than six months I felt like that was a pretty bold claim. So I'd like to know from you what you have been able to identify as something that's missing in the space and you are feeling that other organizations are not. Clearly what we're learning is Kelby's relationship with EG when it ended was not on good terms. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm picking up right now. Well, like... I don't know. I mean, like in terms of like seeing the other orgs in the league, like I did, I did sit in on the owners' meetings from the riot side, so I got like a little sense of it there. Who's the, who's the um, dumbest org? You said that you're the smartest I, org, so can I, you give I, us I, who are the dumbest I, orgs? I mean, Echo Fox. Otherwise, we wouldn't oh, be here. Right? Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like I'll give you an example. Like they're operationally like probably the most shot, like the most different thing about coming on the team side was actually just like seeing what some of the operational standards of the LCS are. Like I think EG, like coming to this coming to this org has felt like just shifting from one like really great company to really another really great company, right? Because like I think 
with stuff like, I don't know, you've seen a little bit with visas, you see it a bit with like housing, you see it with the way um, players uh, orcs treat certain players. Like it's not still, but it's not very buttoned up in esports, right? Like esports have come a long way in the past couple of years, but like we're not quite where pro sports are yet. And I think like it's, it's really, I don't know, it feels like pretty reassuring to be part of an org that's like, dotting all their i's and crossing all their t's like you know we understand like the context of like where it's important like the business side and the sponsorships are important right and like every org like talks about like oh we need to fill content for our sponsors but like we have a holistic sense of that right and like i think we have a good idea of like where performance also intersects with like making making money off of esports or trying to break even in esports so i think just like seeing operationally like what some of the other teams are doing or what you hear some of the other teams are doing and like we get a little bit of that word of mouth because we like went out and got a bunch of people who used to work for other teams um because they believe in our org identity and like the mission and everything so um i don't know it's a little bit of observation it's a little bit of i think having some frustrations when i worked at riot with a couple of the teams um it's a mix but i, I like I, I think like the best answer is like i feel i, I feel really good like giving up that TFT money and coming to work for an org like this one. Gotcha. So based on your outside observations of the esports teams in League of Legends that you were working with at Riot, being in a role that you weren't like, you weren't the commissioner and you were like, you were a party to some of these conversations, but like he was in the owner's meeting. He was in the owner's meetings. You can't act as though he wasn't, he was no i'm I'm asking for clarification i don't know if he was in the owner's meetings or not you just said he was okay cool thank you so now you've come internal evil geniuses for less than six months and you have you think that the intersection of responsibility between players and sponsorship obligations and also weighing performance is the big area that you guys are improving on that you think qualifies you for one of the smartest and most competent esports organizations in all of esports? I think that's an example of how I've seen it. I think like the way that we'll demonstrate it to the LCS is like how we do in terms of trying to be best in class in operation, right? Like we have a brand new facility, like we're doing what, like I'm using the phrase, we'll do whatever it takes a lot, but like we're trying to stand up a facility that like enables our players to play super well, right? Like we tried to get like the best coaching staff for our guys. Like even if like, you know, in our career boot camp, it even meant like, you know, if it means going downstairs to get the guys like sodas and drinks, like it's, it's a lot of just um, having a player and culture focus for us. Like, I think that's how we're going to demonstrate it. Does that nice. make sense? Yeah, Does no, player and culture okay, okay. focus. I'll, I'll st- hang on. The first word to have a player and culture Sounds- focus. Like, I'm happy for you guys to call me out on buzzwords because I hate buzzwords. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, here, uh, here, I'll, here I'll, I'll take a swing. Wait, Travis, let me do one, let me okay. do one more. Let me do one more. <laughs> let me do one so, more. These aren't pies in what, the face, yeah, Kelby. Yeah. It's not like you get... <laughs> Wait, uh, so, so, Greg, in order to properly evaluate in terms of like your guys to success metrics moving forward where do you think it will show through and like where where can we point to and see like hey what you're saying is actually true is it going to be the performance of the team or like how are we going to see that eg operationally is doing things different and better than everybody else who has been working in the space for years like steve and jack and lena 
and everybody in like the LCK and LPL, where are we going to see evil geniuses marks where we know that they're performing at the level you think you guys are? Sure. So on like the team performance side, I would say like you look at our track record on a, on a three-year time frame. Obviously, it's nice if it everything pops off this year, but like I have a good I have good confidence in our three three year plan in terms of like on the rift, right? Off the rift, I think you can look at stuff like share voice, like LCS fandom, like how people identify with our org, and then internally, like I'm sure we'll evaluate that on revenue and like traditional business metrics. That's a fair answer. Uh, all right. I, know, I mean, so well, what else would you want them to be evaluated on? Performance, sponsorship, revenue and fandom like share of fandom those are like the three things that most teams would be evaluated on right uh yeah no i i think i think that those are like fine success metrics uh i think that my my bigger gripe really is just that and quite transparently greg like you do not have very much experience at all working inside an esports organization and through like the thick and thin of a season, understand the hurdles that must be overcome. Like you haven't worked on the business side of the organization. You haven't worked on the player side. You've been observing things entirely from the outside perspective. And to say that like you guys are already better than all these other orgs who I think are like putting out a really good product. Obviously we're not in the place that traditional sports is yet. They're, they're decades ahead of us. Uh, but it's just like a super, super big, bold, claim to make so Kelly, by the way twitch chat thinks you are they're they're asking me to shut you down because of how aggressive they feel you are that's no i think it's a fair point right yeah, I think, like like i but i think like you're i think you're a little bit coupling like my describing our operations and my describing like the people we have on staff right like uh, like the claim I made before is like we have one of the smartest staffs in esports, right? I don't think that means we're the most like seasoned esports like organization, right? Like I like I obviously like admire like what TL and C9 and like what TSM have done, right? And like I'm not here to throw stones at them. I'm here to say that like you know we have a very bright group of people. Some of us have a lot of endemic esports experience, some of us less, but like we're the we're the org that's gonna like figure it out, like a hundred percent. Okay, and right. and we and like, will see. For for yeah, we will for context like, for everyone. I don't think watching, I was making the claim that like for context on everyone watching. I think it. here's here's yeah. what I and Kelby feel free because it, it obviously I think a lot of people are wondering why it seems like you're being a dick. But uh, Kelby, I think has at, through his time on at CLG and then later at AG felt as though he's weathered what it's like to run a team. And I recall specifically, because we're both friends with Nick, who ran CLG, and then Hunter, who currently runs GG, that both folks felt very confidently that they were going to do a great job and everything was going to be perfect, and then ran into just uh, crazy complications that occur with running a team. And I suspect that Kelby is just like, everybody walks in on a t onto a team super confident and then realizes it's way harder and way more complicated than it is. And I assume I assume that is what is motivating or driving a lot of this line of questioning. Am I incorrect, Kelby? No, no, no. You're absolutely right. And so people know as well, like Phil, 
who you know was like running EG prior to the acquisition, is like a very, very near and dear friend of mine. We he still, still talk runs. He still a lot runs to this the, day. He's the CGO yeah, yeah. over there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I love EG to death. This is like, it's just like I feel like the such a wide sweeping claim. Yeah, you, you summarized it well, Travis. Um, hey, yep. Travis. I made this sign, but I actually don't know if it's the best example. What would you say is the pinnacle of awkward conversations that happened on on Hotline League? Was it Monty getting mad at you after the show, or Jacob was Wolf it calling Jacob in on Wolf? Hunter? This is definitely Jacob Wolf that's calling I, in on Hunter in terms of level but of that's, awkwardness. Would you you would call that peak peak? I would say it's peak right? awkwardness. Yeah. Okay. Good. I agreed. So I made that sign. I gave this seven out of seven out of ten. Jacob Wolf. Okay. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> Seven out of ten, uh, Kelby. Thanks, Kelby. We're gonna. Have, I think. I think the. Do you still want another? I think we're gonna take Kelby's administrator <laughs> access away from this Discord server after this interruption. <laughs> was do you way, still Greg, want I also want Travis you to know that, that you work very close to where. Not to dox anybody, but you work very close to where Kelby walk uh, works. So if you want, I can I can show you where you can egg his offices. You can give him his, his schedule. No, I mean I think schedule. the questions were very fair. I think like I don't know if I came like I didn't want to mean to come across as saying it's like I think we have the best operation in LCS. Like we're sure as hell learning, right? My claim was that like the people we have on board are the smartest. Just to clear that up, Kelby, are you sated? Is your hunger? resolved uh i think i think kelby's in a, in a I think holding I, I pattern think i can't say anything more because it'll just come off as me attacking i don't i mean i wasn't stated at all i think that it's like it's all hyperbole and like we'll we will see in the results but there's nothing definitively that greg presented from an evidence standpoint that makes me say oh i do think that they have one of the smartest orgs in the business like you're just what, hitting all the generic what kind of evidence are you looking for like do you want something that I, well because i i wouldn't have heard it up to this point right like i'm in the i'm probably in the same mind share as like the rest of the team owners where like i think that like what a lot of those guys are doing is the best in the business to this point the people who are on top right now i think are doing the best job running esports org so i wouldn't need to hear hear heard something different from you than what i'd heard before right like if if you have some if you have a staff that you think is smarter than everybody else well what is what are other people not thinking of would my, IQ test, said, would like, my IQ I've... test idea help? <laughs> Is that a question to me or a question to Kelby? Uh, I guess to Kelby. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I've run orgs for a really long time, and I'm like really good friends with a lot of the owners, and I talk to them about all this stuff all the time. So I'm just like, damn. Coming in, and he knows more than well, everybody I else. Wanna give a shout right. I want to give see. a shout out to Phil, who's going to be in the most awkward position ever as he watches the VOD for this video. And is like, well, shit. Now I got to figure out how to talk to Kelby and Greg and everybody about this. And you know what? I can relate. Anyway, thanks so much, Kelby. Anything you want to shout out uh, at the end of this call? Greg, uh, what are your thoughts on the chain smokers? I don't have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your thing. It's not mine, for okay. sure. That was your chance. He threw you a lifeline, Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the olive branch, Greg. You just lie to me and be like, they're great. And then I would have been like, damn, this guy is really smart. I mean, I have a couple of I don't I don't know any of the other guys running teams that love the chain smokers. What if what if he liked the chain smokers pop stuff and not their EDM stuff? Ooh. Ooh. 
I mean, you know, I guess everybody has their own opinion. I'm not trying to get blocked again on Twitter right now, so. Thank you so much, Kelby, for your call. All right. Talk Thanks, you. guys. Talk to you later. Later. <laughs> Greg, anything you want to say as we uh, as we wrap up the show? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, well, shout out to our team. Like, I'm really excited for the start of the season for sure. I think like these guys, they have been like working super hard, and I'm really excited to see what they'll put out, pull out. So, um, we'll see how we do. I'm feeling pretty confident week one, but we'll see how we do. Mark, what do you want to shout out? Um, I already shouted out Prater for for being a homie. Uh, I'll probably do a, a a power ranking at some point this week and put it on my extinct YouTube channel. I don't know the last time I uploaded there, but I'll I'll probably have to put it there. Uh, other I'll stick than it that, on a non-extinct YouTube uh, channel. I could, and, but and I won't. Then that YouTube channel um, can give you all the revenue from it. I don't really care about revenue. I care about integrity, you know, and I don't want to put great content on a shit what, channel. This okay. <laughs> uh, also, this hasn't been announced, but I think people will find out tomorrow, anyways. So I'm going to announce it anyways. Cause I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'll be joining the dive permanently this year. So I uh, look forward to more of me on the do you dive. Know if we can do the show next Monday night. Uh, did I tell you? I uh, no. I I did tell you last night. No, not last night, but I did tell you. I sent you a, a Facebook okay, message. Hang on, let me look. Let me look so I can find it's... out if I can tell everyone if we can do the show next Monday night or if we have to move it to Tuesdays. Um, it's I I think I said we we should wait and see because the Monday games. Well, yeah, but I've, I have heard again another rumor that Riot is doing some like a show Monday nights. I don't think I'm a part of that. If there is, okay. Well, so I just I, the question is if we want to compete against them, and I'm actually kind of fine too because I I don't know if yeah, what we're too. gonna do is gonna. Like even after our viewership halves, if we can just fuck right a little bit for pitting a show against ours, I'm completely down <laughs> with that. Uh, this is we'll our fucking see. spot, so... and they can't even hype their start of their season, so they don't get my hotline league time slot. We should make our own hype for our debut hotline league of the season. Let's go spend a hundred dollars on fireworks and blow them all up. Thank you, Greg, for coming on the show. The I apologize somewhere. that my best friend had maybe too many monsters tonight and decided to hard flame you. It was incredibly ironic. Of all the teams that I would expect Kelby to be a dick to, it would not be EG. Uh, it's all good. Hope, hopefully you had a good time, <laughs> like, yeah. and this will prepare you for what you're going to get on Reddit, which will be way worse than this if things go wrong. For sure. I mean, I think, like, it is, as I said, right? Like, we can't. We can't prove it any other way than by actually doing yeah. it, right? So we'll see how this year goes. Well, uh, everyone, this has been... Oh, for me, I've got a ton of content coming out over the course of this week. We did the Gaffies, which is going to go up on YouTube tomorrow morning. I haven't been able to upload it yet because uh, Kobe's been playing League all day and he yells at me if the bandwidth gets shit. Uh, but I uh, love you all and Kelby and EG all equally. This has been Hotline League episode 106. Wait, I need to stop recording. Where is it? Here we go. Bye.